The following program may contain material or language that may be considered objectionable. Parental guidance is suggested. Because our time is now! Because the champ is here! Wrestling News sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com Yes! 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 With your hosts, all the way from New York City, Longzilla Tony J. Mirabella And residing in Calgary Alberta, Canada. Mr. Money on the mic. Say hello to the bad guy. Jeff Jackson. I'm an asshole. Assholes. Finish first. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Unscripted, uncensored, unbelievable. It's unplugged. We are the best in the world at what we do. And it starts now.
much I love you And it hurts to see, to see you cry I believe we can make it through the winds of change Right, good evening and welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. As always, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Got a big show ahead of you. Lots of things to discuss. There are changes about coming to the program. We're going to be running down what happened last night on Monday Night Raw from Liverpool, England. We're going to find out what happened this day in wrestling history with Sean Beckerman of the Beyond the Bell podcast. We're going to be talking with Anthony Farley, also known as AFART here on the SNS Radio Network, a little later on to find out what happened last week on NXT. But before we get to all that, I want to bring on my co-host each and every week on the program, all the way from the NYC, he is Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella. What's going on, man? Happy Veterans Day to everyone out there. Wow, you sound like you're in a fucking wind tunnel. While Bronx is working on the technical difficulties on his end, uh, like I said, we will be talking about Raw. We'll be talking about NXT. We also are going to run down the news of the week, sponsored by our friends over at wrestling-online.com. So lots of content to cover on the program tonight uh, and about two hours to get it done in. There'll be no more three-hour broadways on this particular show Things have changed as far as my schedule goes. Bronx, are you back with me? Uh, can you hear me now, as Verizon would say? I can hear you. I'm all right. You sound okay. The ocean's gone. The ocean is gone. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Like I said, we tested this shit, but it wouldn't be unplugged without the occasional technical hiccup. It just happens that way, man. I don't know. It, it's, it's not like we plan it, you know. Sometimes the the best laid plans go right to hell. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh, right off the top, there are some changes happening. As you may have realized, we're starting the show about 30 minutes later than normal. Uh, And that's going to be the new time slot from now on. It is going to be 930 Eastern, uh, 730 Mountain Standard Time, simply because I have, as of last Friday, gone back to work full time. And I. I literally had enough time to come home today, grab something very quick to eat, and manage to get everything ready to go with about five minutes to spare before showtime. So even that's pushing it right now for me. Uh, I'm going to have to be start doing show prep, I guess, Monday nights. So that is the new schedule. It's going to be a two-hour program. As soon as I'm done, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. It's been a crazy day. And that's just going to be how it is. We're not going to do three-hour shows anymore, so we're going to cut segments here and there, make them a little shorter, and that's kind of the status quo for what's happening on this show uh, going forward. We got jobs. That's right. I got a job. I'm enjoying my job. I'll I'll be honest. I'm liking this job. Uh, It's my forte. I get to drive around all day and deliver stuff and i don't have anything in my truck that's or, or my van that's that's too heavy uh, i'm working for a 
car dealership. It's a Subaru and Jaguar dealership. So there's some really nice fucking cars in this dealership. After you work there for a while, I know you're going to ask, can you test drive one just for the hell of it? I mean, a Jaguar shit. Uh, you know what? As much as I like Jags, I wouldn't have one here. I'm not saying they're bad cars, but with the climate here and the weather here, I wouldn't fucking have one here. Yeah, true. That shit probably be tore up in about two years. Oh, yeah. I hear all the time they, they go through lots of repairs through those Jags, which, you know, not surprising. And here's the here's the irony of the whole situation. Uh, I started my training on Friday. The guy that was that I was taking his position, he was leaving, uh, was training me that day. I didn't drive at all. We just drove around, made deliveries, and showed me where places were. And it was a nice day, you know. And then Sunday hit, and we got about six inches of fucking snow, and it dropped to like minus twenty seven. And so Monday was my first official day driving yesterday. And I had to do it in the fucking frozy streets in an extended cab van. Uh, yeah, I had fun yesterday, let me tell you. And it was it was more the same today, too, because there was a little bit of snow happening this morning and everything had frozen. It was like minus 30 this morning. So, so they're really breaking me in. You know, you've heard trial by fire. Well, this is trial by ice for me. Thank God that I have no accidents on my record for the last three years. Knock on wood. Oh, I'm liking it so far. I'm digging it. I know you don't use the JJ sex a gimmick anymore, but I know like you still, you still live it because like I, it's just cool. You got a job where you get to like be around cool fucking cars and shit and drive cool cars. That's like, so you it's ridiculous. It is me. It's absolutely me. And like I said, I'm, I'm glad that I have it. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I've just been so tired the last couple of days. I haven't had time to do much of anything. So, like I said, my schedule's changed a little bit, and, and it's going to reflect in this show. We're still doing a show. At least we didn't make it a podcast-only thing. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, your internal clock, uh, clock will catch up. It's always hard when you first start a new job. You have to get used to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like last night, I think I went to bed at uh, – I think I was in bed at 10 o'clock, dude. I, I know that I watched Raw – I came upstairs, spent some time with Harmony. We watched uh, Gotham, so I, I watched it on the DVR. And as soon as I, I, I almost didn't make it through Gotham, not because the show sucked, because it was a good show, but because I was just wiped. As soon as it went off, I, I went to bed. So I've been sleeping through the night, which is great, because you know there for a long time I was going to bed at one, two, two o'clock in the morning. So my schedule is is uh, is definitely pretty demanding. I have to get up at like six in the morning and. You know, I get home maybe at six at night after traffic. So it, it's been kind of crazy. Damn. Well, I'm glad you got patience, man. I, I mean, I physically can't drive, but I don't know if I could deal with it because, like, I know, I know people who drive for a living, and it's like, you know, especially here in New York. You were in New York. I, I almost remember the look of awe on you and Harmony's face when you were looking at the traffic in the city. So imagine driving here every day. Bro, if I lived in New York City, I'd be a fucking bike courier. You know, I'd be like I'd be like Kevin Bacon in fucking Quicksilver. You know, ding 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 ding. Or did, they kind of remade that movie a couple of years ago with uh, what's his name, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. I saw the Kevin Bacon one just because I'm a Kevin Bacon fan. I didn't see the remake though. Yeah, it's not called Quicksilver. It's called something else, but it's it's pretty much the same story. So, okay. Yeah. But, 
Yeah. It's just, yeah, here it's crazy, man. I, I know you probably got traffic up there in Calgary, too, because you've been saying for years that no one up there knows how to fucking drive, so. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Uh, you know, a little bit of ice and fucking rain hits, and these motherfuckers that li- have lived here all their lives don't know fucking shit. I think it's funny that a fucking country boy from Arkansas can drive on fucking ice and snow like it's nothing. And motherfuckers that have lived here all their life don't know how to fucking drive. It, it, it drives me insane. I'm just a fucking hick from the sticks. Yeah, I think I think rednecks have it in their blood how to drive. I mean, I've seen you, you got that whole race fucking car driving genes inside of you. So that's probably what it is. Which is funny because I never had the desire to uh, drive around in a fucking circle only making left turns. So. Yeah, but you know what? I knock racing too, but you're doing 250, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool, but it's not for me. But anyway, I think we've wasted enough time. Like I said, those are the changes that are happening to the show. We are going to kind of cut back on how much time we spend on the the raw recap, which I think always kind of runs us a little bit. Uh, And and I I think we'll be able to handle it. If we if we can't do emails, then we'll have to save them for the next week. We'll have to make you know cuts here and there. But uh, from now on, it's only going to be a two hour show. So let's not waste any more fucking time. Let's go ahead and jump into what happened this day in wrestling history, courtesy of Sean Beckerman and the Beyond the Bell podcast. Welcome back, fans. It's that time once again for the longest running episodic segment in Unplugged history. Yes, it's this day in wrestling history, courtesy of your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. We go back in time to relive November 11th, the year 1999. On this date, Arnold Schwarzenegger terminates Triple H on SmackDown. On this very day, the WWF brought Hollywood action icon Arnold Schwarzenegger onto Thursday Night Smackdown to promote his new movie End of Days. The segment, which was actually taped on November 9th, featured Arnold mingling with the WWF roster. But the high watermark came in the main event, in which he slapped Triple H to close out the show. This wouldn't be the last time we'd see Arnold on WWF slash E television as he would be back.
from Terminator to Governor, Arnold laid the smackdown on this date in history. Remember, don't forget to catch your Pro Wrestling Nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell, each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. For this date in wrestling history, Sean Beckerman signing off until next week. Beyond the Bell is here to pump you up. That was terrible. Stay old school, my friends. You mean you eat other people's lunches? Stop it! That was pretty terrible there, Sean. Uh, your attempt at a Schwarzenegger-esque accent. It failed, girly man. Please, Sean, never do accent again. Just go to the chopper and don't even try. Bronx sucks at accents, and even he do better than you. What, what the fuck? Are you Indian? I don't know, but it wasn't as bad as this. Like, did you walk away from the Slurpee machine, or did you forget to drive your cab? What the fuck? Stop trying to do accents. You're Ooh, killing it. motherfucker. You are fucking killing it. That is some racist shit. Not every Indian runs a fucking Slurpee machine. Only about 90%. Come to Canada. Then tell me that. Come to fucking New York where you can't get real bacon on your goddamn bacon, egg, and cheese. You, you want turkey bacon? No. It's fucking America. You know, I used to do this thing with uh, with the kids when they were smaller. When uh, Before Lexi came into the picture, when Dakota and uh, Sienna were just little kids, um... I used to, when they would go to bed at night, I'd be like, get under the covers if you want to go to sleep. Do it. Do it now. Get under the covers. Do it. <laughs> Who? What music was that that was played? I remember that promo, but I love that music that they played, like when Arnold won that. Dun-dun, dun-dun. What the hell was that? Oh, man. It sounded like test soul music or something. Kind of, yeah, but that shit was cool. I like to get that track. I'm sure Brass Eye will have it for me in about five minutes. But but yeah, Arnold that- Arnold wasn't in the match. He, I mean, he interfered on whoever's behalf. But he was. I remember that episode, but I don't remember who was in the fucking match. I just remember Arnold like fucking pimp slapping the shit out of Triple H, and I mean he fucking knocked the shit out of Triple H. Well, I mean that's a that's a risky run when you bring actors into a wrestling ring. I mean they don't necessarily know how to pull punches and kayfabe, so you're always you're always running that risk. But I do remember that episode of SmackDown. I also remember the movie End of Days, which eh, it was all right. It wasn't one of Arnold's best movies, but I do remember going to the movies and seeing that with my dad. We used to get together at least once a week and go have dinner in a movie, and I remember we did see that one. It's some pretty kick-ass special effects, like. When Gabriel Byrne, the devil, for those of you who haven't seen it, he plays the devil, comes back and he goes to one of his followers' houses and he ends up fucking the mom and the daughter at the same time and they like fucking like blend into one fucking person while he's fucking them. It was like some pretty crazy shit. No, he fucked the... First of all, he made that movie, not Arnold. Secondly, he fucked the bitch on the ceiling, bro. He, fu- he fucked one bitch on the ceiling. He fucked the mother and daughter, and they fucking merged into one. Like, he was a bad motherfucker in that movie. No, I love when the fucking kid on the skateboard almost hits him, and he calls him an asshole, and he goes, hey, kid. And he gets hit by the New York City bus. Yeah, that was some fucked up shit. I might uh, have to go back and watch that movie. It had, it had a couple good songs in it. I know Power Man 5000 did some songs for it, and... Limp Biscuit did that one song, uh, Crushed, that I like. I mean, it was it was an alright soundtrack, but the movie was eh. The best part about it was Gabriel Byrne. I gotta say, 
I love the movie. I absolutely love that. Very underrated Arnold movie. And it, he had been off camera for a while. And spoiler alert, the first thing you see, which was very powerful, is Arnold sitting in his apartment with a gun to his head, ready to blow his fucking brains out. And then someone knocks at the door. It was he did a decent job of playing a tortured individual. I, I enjoyed it. I think it's kind of underrated. I Look, I didn't say it was a bad movie. I said it was one of the weaker ones he did. There were a lot of religious overtones in the movie, obviously. Dealing with the devil, his name is Jericho. Uh, you know, it's the fight between heaven and hell. Again, not a bad movie, but I definitely remember his appearance on SmackDown and him knocking the shit out of Triple H. Yeah, I wasn't talking about you. It's just that a lot of people have told me, oh, End of Days was absolutely horrible. I'm like, what? You know. No, collateral damage was fucking horrible. Oh, God. But we won't even get into that. Let's go ahead and take our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to jump into what happened last night on Monday Night Raw, live from Liverpool. Well, I, I say live for them, not live for us. But it did happen from Liverpool, England. And some very interesting things happen. But uh, we'll cover that when we get right back, right here on Unplugged, right after this. Started in 91 in the state of NC In the place to be, your boy paid his dues When hell's a basic spot, all the marks are through Vertebraker, we'll break your spine Vertebraker, does the trick every time Vertebraker, we'll slap your face Vertebraker, uh, you knew me as Sugar Shane You may have known me as the Hurricane But this is the Shane event, Shane Helm And you're listening to Unplugged on the SNS Network Vertebraker, we'll break your spine Vertebraker Hey guys, this is Ashley. And this is Sandro. And we're here to make sure that you check out the whole indie show each week on the SNS Radio Network. As both of us, along with our other co-host Randy, cover everything that you need to know on all things indie wrestling. It's your place for all the most recent indie news and event results, reviews of the latest shows from all the major promotions, and previews for all the upcoming events. We also want your feedback on any indie stuff you may have seen as well. Plus, you know, you never know, you might even get a few paperclip references now and then. So for all that and much more, listen to The Whole Indie Show every week here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to uh, donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the SNSRadioNetwork.com main page, scroll down, there is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us, 
but your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network. It's been a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network. www.snsradionetwork.com providing you with free podcasts since 2010. Welcome back to Unplugged with Bronxzilla, Tony J. Marabella, and Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, on the SNS Radio Network. Part of me feels really bad for the lead singer of Dead or Alive because that's the only thing he's ever going to be remembered for was that song, which I liked. Yeah, I like that song, too. But again, I can't think of anything else <laughs> fucking did. Well, they did uh, Brand New Lover, which was an OK song. I just can't think of anything else that they did. But like that was like the biggest hit that they ever had. And I know that years ago, the guy would, wouldn't even perform that song anymore because it made him sick to his stomach. He just couldn't handle that that was the only hit he ever had. So, you know, it is what it is. Well, one hit wonders is a lot of them. There are. Before we jump into Raw real quick, uh, since we played the Lucha Underground uh, commercial, and I want to talk about this briefly. Did you catch the latest episode of Lucha Underground? I actually didn't catch the last one yet. Okay. Which sucks because I meant to, but Well, I'm gonna spoil something for you. I, I thought it was I thought it was a good episode. It wasn't as good as the debut episode. Uh there was a really good tag team match that started the show off with Prince Puma and Johnny Mundo uh tag teaming together against uh I think it was Cortez Castro and a guy named Cisco. And they were the guys that jumped Johnny Mundo at the end of the show the previous week, the two uh, Latino guys. 
And this was a really good match. You had the former Ezekiel Jackson sitting on, on the steps on the outside where the audience is smoking a cigar. He's now known as the boss, Big Rick. But the thing about this show, and I don't know why it bothers me like it does, but the only complaint that I had about the show was Chavo like turns heel. He has a, I guess they have this mixed tag match where it's him and Sexy Star, and I think it's Blue Demon and Ivalice. And Chavo beats the crap out of Blue Demon with a chair. And I mean, he's beating the fuck out of Blue Demon. Or as Matt Strager called him, Blue Demon. Which drives me nuts, by the way. Um, and then Sexy Star comes in there and like says, you know, no, he's my mentor. Don't do that. And Chavo fucking knocks the shit out of her with a chair. I mean, he fucking hits this bitch in the face with a fucking chair. Damn. And I cringed. I was like, you know, normally shit like that wouldn't bother me, but God damn it, that looked fucking stiff. But Chavo Guerrero was swinging the chair like he's Brock Lesnar. What the fuck's going on there? Damn, I got to check that shit out. That's wow. I wasn't expecting you to say that. I was just expecting you to be pissed off about the heel turn. I wasn't expecting you to tell me he laid out a bitch with a chair. Oh, he fucking laid her out with a fucking chair. You know, and I like Chavo. Don't get me wrong. But I just thought, man, that was sick. And not in a good way sick. Did she get the hands up? I think she did, but it looked like he fucking killed her ass with a fucking chair. And I don't know why it's bothering me, but I just, I don't know. It just didn't sit right. Like I said, this wasn't the best episode. Obviously, the the debut episode was awesome. But I am enjoying the show. So if you're not checking it out, watch it on YouTube after it airs on Wednesday nights on the El Rey Network. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. I know it's been made readily available on the SNS Facebook page. That's how I've been keeping up with it and watching it. So, Yeah, and there's other ways. I have my own way of, of getting it, but I'm not going to bring it up. It's just it's a lot clearer than a lot of the stuff you see like on Daily Motion and stuff like that. But you can find it if you know how to look. True. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into uh, what happened last night on Monday Night Raw. And we're doing this differently, guys. We're not playing the uh, the produced package where Bronx runs down the results. We're going back to the old format that we used to have where he talks about it, we talk about it, and that's the Raw reaction. So without further ado, what happened last night on Monday Night Raw from Liverpool, England? Well, Cena starts us out with mad heat. And, of course, he brushes it off as usual. And he talks about the stipulation for Team Cena versus Team Authority at Survivor Series. And, apparently, uh, Ziggler's been told he won't make it, but he still joined me. And they're selling that Zack Ryder was injured because he wanted to join Team Cena. And he puts over the big guy and calls out Ryback. But before Ryback can even talk... Triple H's music interrupts, and he's out with Mark Henry and the authority. And basically, it's both guys trying to woo Ryback. Uh, Triple H takes a shot at Daniel Bryan, says he's doing nothing. But basically, John Cena says, well, he beat your ass. Now, in the end of this segment, Cena says, win or lose, I'm not going to end up a sellout. And as Ryback makes his decision, he says, you know what? I'm not afraid of the authority. But on the other hand, the bottom of my paychecks are not signed by John Cena. And John Cena eats a spine buster. And these two will, of course, face off in the main event. 
Now, see, here's my thing. We've talked about this before. I don't want to see them fuck up this Ryback push, but the sad fact of the matter is that this supposed Ryback push is only going to be a push long enough to get him on John Cena's team for Survivor Series so that it's not really a push, which sucks because I happen to like Ryback. I have no problem admitting that. A lot of people hate Ryback, think he sucks, whatever. I think that he's a lovable, meat-headed guy that could be a great babyface. And he's he, he's come back in the last couple of weeks. He's been a babyface. And now, all of a sudden, we've got him having to choose between John Cena's team and Team Authority. And now we're turning him heel again, in essence. And the crowd reactions are showing that people aren't really into this. And because of this, they're not into Ryback. So... I kind of feel like it's a double-edged sword, and they're kind of fucking him again. I'd have to agree. I mean, to, to me, it's like, it's just confusing. I mean, and it gets more confusing as we move on through the evening. I just think, uh, he should have just joined Team Cena. I would have had no problem with that. Look, we've had our differences in the past, but I got respect for you. I got respect for you, blah, blah, blah. And Ryback says, you know, the authority did nothing for me before I got injured, so I'm with Team Cena. And boom, it would have been simpler. That would have been the end of it. I agree. I, I just, you know, I, I know they're not really going with a full heel turn for him, but it, I don't feel like it did him any favors to do what he did last night. I mean, I granted, I thought it was cool to see him fucking, uh, you know, spine bust the fuck out of John Cena. I mean, I'm all four guys beating the crap out of John Cena. <laughs> but... I, I just felt like it didn't help matters any, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, they have one more week, which, no, two more weeks, excuse me. So we'll see how they book it. We have Seth Rollins versus Jack Swagger. Jack has also joined Team Cena. And uh, Mercury and Noble are out there. Swagger hits a nice suplex on Rollins. He's in control before we go to break. Clothesline to, to Rollins and a Swagger bomb for a two, but Seth Rollins wins with a curb stomp after swagger is distracted by noble and mercury and then after the match ends freaking poor jack swagger gets curb stomped yet again and they're basically selling it as he's fucked up and this is what kills me so john cena is now going to scrape the bottom of the barrel to find anybody he possibly can that is willing to fucking go against the authority so hey let's bring in the guy that couldn't beat rusev that couldn't beat half of the fucking roster in Jack Swagger. It's like they can't make up their mind what they want to do with Swagger because he had way too uh, athletic a contest and way too close a contest with Seth Rollins last night when this is the guy that can't beat half the fucking roster. He struggles against guys like Kofi Kingston, and Seth Rollins struggled against him last night. So they really need to decide what they want to do with Jack Swagger. Is he jobber far, you know, farce, or is he like going to be somebody? Because last night I felt like he gave Seth Rollins a run for his money. And I did like the fact that Seth was selling the ankle. He was limping after the match, but it's like, what do you do here? You know, you've made, you've made Jack Swagger a fucking laughing stock. When I think of him, I think of Zack Ryder with an ankle lock. I mean, who was the last person he fucking beat? I can't remember, to be honest. Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. You know, they put him in a feud with Rusev where Rusev crucified him every fucking time they got in the ring together. 
No shit. So it's like, you know, and this this guy's giving Seth Rollins problems? Well, that doesn't say much for Seth Rollins, does it? Yeah, but Seth is the cowardly heel. I mean, we know we know he's got skills in the ring, but you know, again, he has to have his goons out with him and shit like that. He's playing a good role, a throwback classic, you know, pussy heel. So I kind of get where they're going, but I agree with you. I understand what you're saying too. I just feel like you know, let's 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 either book him one way or book him another, but let's not book him to look strong here and then next week fucking have Kofi Kingston beat him or next week have fucking the Brooklyn Brawler come out of retirement and beat Jack Swagger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, God, it could happen. Now we have Dean Ambrose, who I'd have no problem if his promo was the first two hours of Raw, says he's made a lot more enemies than friends. And he is a sinner and he doesn't apologize for any of it. And you want to talk about demons? Every time I step in the ring, I face demons a lot scarier than Bray Wyatt. The authority couldn't put me out, and Bray Wyatt isn't going to do it. When I go down, I'm going to self-destruct, and I hope there's a special place, a special place in hell for both of us. Again, best promo in 10 fucking years, man. I, I put him on a level with Foley. The guy is brilliant. I don't know if I'd agree it was the best promo in 10 years. I'd say it was a great promo, and I think he's a great promo guy, but I enjoyed this segment. Yeah, he's the best promo guy in 10 years, is what I meant to say. But, I mean, it just I'm loving this promo work between him and Bray. Now, in the back, Kane, who I'm really fucking sick of, puts over Ryback, thanks him, and says, I'll be out there during your match. And Ryback says, look, I got it. Kane says, well, if you want to be in the authority, you need to learn humility, too. I will be out there to help you win. And Ryback says, when I want your advice, I'll ask for it. Stay out of my way. I'm, I'm still sold on the fact that I can't stand Kane. Uh, I, I want him to I, look <laughs> nothing against Glenn Jacobs. You know, he's had a great run, but I hate corporate Kane. I really do. Uh, it's the nicest way to put it. I, I fucking hate this character. I hate this gimmick. I hate that he's a subservient bitch to the authority. Um, I, I just, I want to see him hang the boots up and be done. You know, no more wrestling. If you're going to be corporate Kane, then be corporate Kane. Don't wrestle again. Just be done. Yeah, and what doesn't make sense to me is why are you being a prick to a guy who the authority wants to have on their team? That's the thing that confused me. Instead of saying, you know, let me... It's almost like he's jealous. Instead of saying, let me try to be nice to this dude and put him over. No, you know, he's talking shit to him. I don't. That's counterproductive. I don't get it. Well, you know, and if you're Triple H, why do you want Kane on your team? He's lost more than he's won in recent memory. Every time they've given him an opportunity to go out there and showcase himself or do something that they've asked him to do, he's failed. You know, if I work for a company and everything I do is a fuck up. Do you think they're going to bring me in on their big match and want me a part of it? Fuck. No, I just, I just, I'm so sick of the cane gimmick. It's done. It's run its course. Let's fucking retire and move the fuck on. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just like, I'm tired of it. We have Alicia Fox versus page. I hate to say this. It was a quick match, but I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it because of Alicia Fox. 
She hits Paige with a sick big boot, knocking her to the outside. A nice fisherman suplex by Alicia for a two, a backbreaker for a two on Paige. But in the end, Paige gets the win with the rampage. I thought Alicia went last night, man. I, I, I thought she, for the few minutes they were in there, she put, put together some good moves, man. I was rather impressed. Alicia Fox has improved quite a bit over the last month or two, or really over the last couple of months. I've seen a lot of Alicia's matches that she's had on Raw, uh, and I think that she's improved vastly. I don't know who she's working out with, but it's paying off. So kudos to Alicia Fox. Yeah, I have to agree. Like I said, I mean, Paige is good, but I mean, she really kind of, you know, was the highlight of that match for me. I enjoyed it. Now we have some more shit going down as Lana and Rusev are getting ready to walk to the ring. And Stephanie talks about how she and Triple H set up this celebration for him. And Steph says, there's no politics in the authority. And when Lana is kind of undecisive about Rusev joining, Stephanie says, listen, you stuck up little Russian twit. You scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. Again, Stephanie playing an awesome bitch. Yeah, uh, I, I like the fact that Stephanie is, you know, the character that she is. She comes across as a real fucking ball-breaking bitch. Always has been. Uh, but I like that she's being overbearing, and that's going to end up costing them in the, in the long run with this team authority angle. Because when you're starting to piss people off that are on your team, it's not going to bode well for you because people aren't going to work together as a unit. So... The story going into this is that this, you know, it's a bunch of hired guns uh, for the authority. But the way that Stephanie and Triple H and Kane have gone about this, they're rubbing people the wrong way. So I like the storyline here. Yeah, me too. Um, Now, I don't remember if the first one was Kofi or if they did two of them. They, they did two. They did two. They did one with Xavier Woods and then one later on with Kofi Kingston. Okay. Well, that's exactly what happened. We get the first one here with Xavier again, and then later on we get one with Kofi, and it's basically both of them doing the same thing. It's this new day angle. I can't. Which, I, I, I can't wait for next week when they do the Big E one. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure Big E is going to be part of a new day, and he'll be like the preacher because we we've heard him cut promos as a preacher. You know, I I just I can't wait for that. I, I I'm actually. Looking forward to seeing Big E in these promos because a new day is coming, Bronx. Well, I mean, what do you think? You think this angle is going to have legs? I think it depends how they do it. I mean, uh, are they going to be faces or heels? I mean, I'm leaning towards the fact that they would be, they would almost have to be faces. I mean, that seems the way it's coming off to me. All I could think of is they need the, uh, they need uh, Reverend Devon's old music. Please call my name. Yeah. awesome yeah that'd be great i don't i don't know where it's going but at least they're they have something for these guys to do yeah you're right man if that happens next week i can't wait or some james brown i got soul and i'm super bad shit it, it reminds me of like the brother love angle kind of it's almost like you know brother love be- how the fuck do three black guys fucking remind you in any way of brother love well if i mean you, if, i mean if, if you took all three of them and put them into one person, they'd still almost be as fat as Brother Love. True, but I mean, it was like Brother Love was that preacher. Yeah, I mean, that that was the whole thing. Okay, Brother, okay Bronx, I, the, the whole Reverend Devon thing covers that. The Brother Love, not so much. 
if they come out and say, I love you, then maybe. I just used to love how he would call, figure brother this, and he would pick a great name. My Jake was Brother Snake. <laughs> I love that gimmick. I hate to admit it. It's one of my guilty pleasures. I love Brother Love. Let's move on. I hear you sighing in the background. Fucking Brother Love. Brother Bronx, move on with the recap. I love... Fuck that. Move on. Triple H and Stephanie are reviewing Vince's speech from last week. And Triple H says, we're going to take care of Ziggler. But Stephanie goes, what if? What if we lose? And Triple H says, don't talk like that. We'll be fine. And of course, they kiss. So Stephanie's a little worried. Lana and Rusev are out. And Rusev is, of course, your U.S. champion. And he wears this title to remind us of Russia's superiority over the U.S. If it wasn't for Russia's support, you and the U.K. would be speaking German now. And some douchebag comes out and says that Putin is proud of them, reads a proclamation, kissing Rusev's ass. The Russian anthem, anthem plays. Seamus interrupts, and he's out to go after Rusev. And we have a rematch for the U.S. title, Seamus versus Rusev. Seamus knees Rusev, and he's knocked to the outside. Rusev dumps Seamus on the announce table with a fallaway slam, and then Rusev with a long headlock. Seamus with a power slam in the 10 beats. But white noise, and Rusev kicks out. Rusev ducks a bro kick. Now Seamus dives to the outside onto Rusev, but once again, which I'm getting a little tired of this shit, because of Noble and Mercury, Sheamus gets counted out and loses. Damn that cruiserweight division. Why is it that every time you do the what, what you think is a Russian accent, it comes out sounding like you're from Transylvania? I want to tell you about these. Your Russian accent sounds Transylvanian to me. I don't know. Like, like you should be Dracula or something. I don't know. Blah. Blah. Rusev, I want to suck your blood. Like suck something on Lana, but forget about it. Um, this apparently has convinced Lana, and she tells Stephanie backstage that Rusev will join Team Authority. And Stephanie says, that's great, but I don't give a damn what Putin says. It's what the authority wants, and we will crush Team Cena. So, yes, Rusev is officially a part of Team Authority. I'm telling you, that team is going to fucking self-destruct, man. Yeah, I kind of think so. I, I almost hope that when they inevitably lose and the authority loses their power, that this may be a way that they're going to bring Daniel Bryan back on TV because he's not going to be able to wrestle for like a year. So they may bring him back in some capacity because I don't know that he'll ever wrestle again. But they may bring him back in a capacity where he's the commissioner of Raw. Because if you think about it, that would kind of make sense to do this. You, you take the power out of the authorities' hands and you put it in Daniel Bryan's hands. So we'll see what happens. That could be interesting. Uh, Rollins is talking with Ryback and he's trying to put Ryback over and says, you don't have to take orders from Kane. You can take orders from me. And Ryback says, I find a target and I destroy it. And John Cena will find out tonight. And Rollins accidentally calls him the big man. And Ryback says, no. I'm the big guy. So again, as you alluded to, hints of this team self-destructing, especially as far as Ryback goes. Uh, 
Ms. Ms. Dow and Minnie Ms. 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 Dow and Minnie Ms. Who was Hornswoggle versus Los Matadores and El Torito. And Ms. and his group gets the win because Ms. Dow holds one of the Matadores legs. I, I don't care. Just the, the heels win. Is, is it is it amusing or is it wrong that I find Horn Mizzle uh, much more acceptable than Miz? Horn Mizzle? Yeah. You know, you got Damien, uh, you know, Miz Dow. You got Horn Mizzle. You know, I think the two of them alone are better than the Miz by a long shot. I, I'm just, I'm kind of sick of this angle with Miz because while Miz Dow is over, He's still relegated to being his bitch. Yeah, it's true. But again, I say it one more time. What do you do with Sandow if he does leave the Miz's camp? Because unless he keeps imitating people, I think that kind of takes away from the appeal. Well, I think you ultimately have to have friction between the two. You've obviously got to do something where maybe Miz Dow costs Miz a match or he screws him out of something and... Miz gets jealous that maybe he's more over, and, and that's how they split up. But I hope that happens. Right now, I see them as a tag team going after the tag team titles. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think they're going to keep them together. Now, backstage, we have a little bit of dissension on Cena's team. As Ziggler says, he's upset about the odds. And Cena says, look, man, I get it. You have to worry about your career. So if you want to jump ship, I understand. But Zig says we're on the same page and the authority has to go. I got your back. But Triple H is there and he says, you know what? I'm cool with you guys watching each other's back. But Triple H banned Cena from ringside during Dolph Ziggler's match with Mark Henry. Yeah, who didn't see that one coming? Yeah, I mean, you know, Ziggler, I mean, I understand. He had a little bit of doubt. I mean, he's getting his ass kicked every week. So, I mean, you know, it, I think it's just going to end up putting him over more at the end as a part of Team Cena. We do have Ziggler versus Mark Henry. And Ziggler does get Henry in a pin situation, but unfortunately, it's under the ropes. Henry throws Ziggler into the barricade and then grabs a chair and hits Ziggler with it. So, DQ finish. Mark Henry brings the steps into the ring, but before he can kill Dolph Ziggler, the Big Show comes out for the save, and Big Show says he has now also joined Team Cena, which I think is a pretty good move. Well, when you think about it, you look at Team Authority, you look at Team Cena, uh, you know, the people that are on Team Authority, the reason people are joining John Cena's team is to get to the people on, on Team Authority. You know, for Big Show, it's he wants a shot at Mark Henry. Uh, you know, for Sheamus, he wants a shot against Rusev. So it makes sense, but it's it's just very booking 101 basic shit. Yeah, and to further things now, John Cena thanks Big Show backstage and goes, well, we're getting this team together. We need a few more people. And Sheamus says, you need one less fella. And Sheamus has also joined Team Cena. Telling you the last person is going to be Sami Zayn. So you don't think Ryback's going to end up joining anyone? Well, maybe it'll be Ryback. I just keep hearing rumors they're going to bring Sami Zayn to the table. Maybe they take somebody else out, but I just think it would be a waste if they don't bring Sami Zayn in. But Ryback, more than likely, may end up being, but we're spoiling. We're spoiling this, so, so continue. Keep going. AJ Lee versus Brie Bella. 
And Brie taps to the Black Widow. Nikki attacks AJ from behind. Moving on. Uh, one segment I just want to give a quick moment to. The segment that they showed, I believe, from SmackDown with a uh, veteran, Dan Rose, who was shown using a new device. He's paralyzed from the chest down from uh, serving in, I believe he said, Iraq. And I love this. This was great for, for the day before Veterans Day, showing this guy walk with this new device to a huge pop. Brought a tear to my eye. God bless the man. I, I want to give WWE kudos for showing that segment last night. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, I didn't watch SmackDown, but I did see the segment on Raw last night. And, uh, you know, I'm a patriotic dude. Uh, you know, I love my country. Not necessarily my government, but I love my country. And uh, that did bring a tear to my eye. That was pretty awesome to see him walk. That was, uh, that was amazing. Yeah, very well done. Adam Rose versus Tyson Kidd. And they show the, uh, Rose turning on the bunny on SmackDown, that motherfucker. Now, Eric Rowan comes out and says, she's not here. And he's just walking around babbling. The rabbit goes to the top, but Adam Rose stops him. He's pissed off. And Adam Rose actually has to end up tapping to Tyson Kidd because of the distraction. And then Rose attacks the bunny again. I'm tired of seeing Adam Rose attack the bunny. I'm tired of seeing the bunny fuck up his matches. But you know what? He's growing the beard back. The, the, what I want to see happen is I want to see the bunny cost him one more fucking match and he fucking snaps, turns into Leo Kruger and cuts off the goddamn bunny's foot. That's what I want to fucking see because then he'll have good luck for the rest of his goddamn tenure. And wear it around his neck too. That's right. That's cool. I don't know how they pull that's, it off. That's how you take care of a bunny right there. Bunny's costing you matches, cut off the foot and have a lucky charm. But it's the bunny. I just, I don't know. I feel bad when you see him get hit. I don't, oh, I don't. You know what? Maybe the bunny should fucking keep his nose out of his fucking business and stay out of the fucking match. Did you ever think of that? True. I get what you're saying. I mean, he did He did interfere in the match. Yeah. Many, many opportunities he tried to interfere. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. Maybe the bunny needs to stop that. I still like the bunny. I just, I don't know. Hitting the stuff to animals kind of cruel. Uh, I'm not even going to do this. It's the same shit again. Kane talking to, the, to Team Authority and Ryback. They're concerned about Ryback's loyalty, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing again. Bray Wyatt says, we're different. I walked the same wire as Dean Ambrose, and Ambrose knows he's a sinner, and so was his daddy. And that's where you learned it from, Dean. Society says the same thing about sin, and the only way is my way. You walk with me, Dean, or you walk away. And you burn for it. This is the law of our society. And we will have a match that I am looking extremely fucking forward to. We've seen them face each other before, but on teams. Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt at Survivor Series. I like it. One-on-one, -on -one, that's the way it should be. Absolutely. And I think it'll be a great match. It'll be unorthodox. It'll be hardcore, but it'll be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be crazy. I've enjoyed the promo work between these two. Just excellent. I like that they're by themselves now and, you know, the, the other guys aren't involved and we can just have great promo work. And I think their styles will complement each other in the ring, too. So Agreed. This should be pretty good. Our main event, John Cena versus Ryback, and all of Team Authority is out. And Ryback is dominating Cena for a while. Nice suplex. Kane's giving orders. 
And John Cena actually drives Ryback into Kane. Cena with some left and rights. Ryback with a suplex bouncing while bouncing Cena off the ropes. Hard to describe it. It Cena, was it was it was a variation of what Tully Blanchard used to use the old uh, uh, suplex. I can't remember what he used to call it, but the uh, the slingshot suplex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Now Cena does a nice counter to the the shell shock, but Ryback counters Cena for a two. STF to Ryback, but fucking Kane just out of the blue comes in, attacks Cena, DQ. Ryback is pissed off. No, 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 no. Hold on. It wasn't out of the blue. There was a couple spots in the match where Kane kept trying to interfere, and he got knocked off the the ring apron once by Ryback, and then I think Ryback threw Cena into him, and he snapped and fucking got in the ring and, and decided to take matters in his own hands. True, but still, it was just like... But, but it wasn't know. out of the blue. You're like, oh, just out of the blue, Caden comes in the ring and interferes. wasn't out of the blue. I'm live for the first time. Have pity. I'm rusty. I mean, look, I know you can't fucking see, but goddammit, did you not hear what was going on? Yes, I did. Rollins tries to play Peacemaker. Ryback hits Rollins. Kane hits, hits Ryback. Everyone starts beating up on John Cena Team Cena is out one at a time, which I don't get, except for Dolph Ziggler. And Cena's team is kind of getting their ass kicked to end Raw. Ryback hits a shell shock to Kane and just walks off as now he and John Cena have a stare down. But it doesn't end there. We go to the backstage area and we just see the what I could only describe as dead body of Dolph Ziggler being thrown onto a sofa where Triple H and Steph are standing and freaking Luke Harper tells them, I'm a team player. And that is how we end Monday Night Raw, which a lot of people are bitching about today. I thought it was a good swerve. You know, it was it was an interesting swerve. We've been seeing all these promos and stuff for Luke Harper with the eyeballs and shit. You know, finally he made his comeback. He wants to join Team Authority. I'm all for it personally. I, you know, I don't understand what the butthurt is about that. I thought it was something out of left field that nobody saw coming. And I think Luke Harper was probably the most talented guy in fucking the Wyatt family because he's a big dude that can fucking go. Uh, and I think that he's got star potential. And so I think this is a great move to put him on Team Authority. And have him be that final member. I think it works perfectly. I don't see what the butt hurts about. I, I personally thought it was okay. I didn't yep. find it awkward. I didn't find it anything. I find people that that, that, that think shit like that's awkward. I think they're awkward. I, it's, I, I don't understand the the train of thought where that's coming from. I thought it, it, it was different. But, you know, again, people are going to bitch about everything. So whatever. I like the way Triple H and Steph kind of looked at each other like the fuck like they didn't really even know what was going on but i tell you man poor Dolph Ziggler if anybody has been fucking abused I man this is just a, a sick fucking dream of mine and I know this will never happen not in a trillion years I would love to see it survive a series somehow somehow but we know it'll be Cena the last man on Team Cena is Dolph Ziggler and have Ziggs get the win for Team Cena. I would fucking kill to see that. 
No, if if it's going to be a sole survivor, Cena will be the sole survivor, which sucks. Because, you know, he's Superman. He's got to be the guy to do it. I personally would be okay if it was Ryback, who is possibly the last member of Team Cena. Uh, or if it was Randy Orton, or if it was Dolph Ziggler. You know, right now, I, I don't know. You know, maybe a situation where you might have all members of Team Cena actually beat Team Authority and nobody gets eliminated. That's happened before, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I, I don't know. I just don't want it to be John Cena, the sole survivor of his team. Well, what we don't know, though, did Harper screw up Ziggler to the point where now, because now that they're making it like they're dropping like flies, where Ziggler can't be on Team Cena, Cena ends up some way with only four members, and then Orton is the guy who surprises us and comes out and fills that bill. I, I don't know where they're going with it. Depends how injured they're going to sell that Ziggler was at the hands of Luke Harper because we don't know what Harper did to him. He just dumped his body in the freaking room. And see, that's that's what fucks me up because I'd rather see Ziggler on that team and be a part of that fucking match than, than the big show, or Sheamus for that matter. So... I. I I mean, Ziggler could be beaten up to the point where he can't compete. That might be where they're going with this, but I kind of hope not. I'd be a little disappointed if they take Ziggler out of the match. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, it'd be funny if, you know, Luke Harper has his singles debut next week against Ziggler. It's possible. Yeah, it could. Could happen. You know, I don't know. But they did some interesting things last night. I think they created a lot more questions than they did answers, but that's not always a bad thing. That can be a good thing because it makes you want to tune in next week. They did a pretty good job of that because I want to know where Ryback stands. I want to know if Ziggler's quote unquote hurt, you know, uh, and who else is going to maybe step up and be on Team Cena. So it's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to end end a roar with questions, and they really did do that last night. Yeah, I agree. Letter grade. What would you give it? I wouldn't say it was as good as last week, but overall, I will say it was a decent roar. I enjoyed it. I'll give it a straight-up B. See, uh, you know, I thought it was an all right show. I'll give it a B as well. I don't have any you know, big complaints about it. I don't have anything that wowed me. So I'll go with a B. Just, you know, a basic build show for Survivor Series. Not bad at all. So a B. Well, it's good. There were a couple weeks there where we were really out of shit on Raw. The one thing I will shit on I know a lot of people last night were messing around thinking it was because it's a UK crowd. No, I'm not prejudiced. That crowd really just sucked. It, it was a crowd again. Now, did they have a lot of energy? Yes. But it was them again trying to make the show about them, chanting stupid shit during matches. In fact, I read today they had to edit a lot of shit out. I mean, you know, I, I just hate that shit. Were they lively? Absolutely. But they were also dicks on a lot of points. So the point you're going to make here is they were lively limeys. That's a good one. They were lively limeys. Okay. Ooh. Lively cool. limeys from Liverpool. And believe me, I've shit on American crowds in the past, too. Go back and listen to however many unplugs you want to. I've shit on them, too. I just, I just hate that shit. You know, I don't want to hear Michael Cole and JBL being announced when anyone, even if it's the Divas, they're in there busting their ass and that is really just whipping it out and pissing all over whoever's performing in the ring. I just hate that shit. Well, it is what it is, man. People go to shows now to be to be the show. They're, they're not there to watch the show. They're there to be part of the you know uh, the main attraction. You know, if they can if they can uh, 
you know, make their presence known. That's what they do. That's what people pay to go do now. So, and WWE has embraced that. That's what they want them to do. And they've made very, it's a very clear point. Ever since, uh, what was it, the Raw after WrestleMania uh, back in 2013. It's been that way. They've embraced They've embraced the crowd doing this. So they brought this upon themselves. I have no sympathy for them. Whatever. If people want to go to the show and, and do that, that's their right. They're paying their ticket. I just think it takes away from the action. I mean, be, you know, be there and, like, you know, cheer for your favorites, boo the guys you hate. But don't sit there and chant Michael Cole or fucking JBL or fucking Jerry Lawler or fucking stupid shit. It just it bothers me when they fucking pull that shit. You know, you got people busting their ass in the ring trying to entertain you, and you'd rather fucking chant guys are sitting at fucking ringside cutting on each other for fucking three hours. I, it just it fucking annoys me. I Anyway, whatever. I'm done with it. It is what it is. It's a fact of life. I, I've learned to live with it. I did enjoy them taking a steaming shit on John Cena, though. Well, that's never going to change. That's always fun. All right. Well, there you have it. We both gave it a B. That was our raw reaction segment for this week. And uh, we actually did it in a pretty timely manner. We've been on the air for an hour. We've got through two of our biggest segments. So we got an hour to go. That's awesome. Oh, I have to hang my head in shame. I almost forgot because, again, I'm not used to doing this live. React to that. But we already did, so it's too late. Well, you don't have to do that anymore because we react while the show while it's on, man. Ah, you still, I don't know. I just got, that's my catchphrase now. It's like, you know, the price is right shit. And I just ah, got used to saying it. The price is wrong, bitch. Price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're going to take our next commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get a hold of AFART, and he's going to talk about what happened this past week on NXT. We also have News of the Week sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com coming up. And uh, if we have time, we'll talk a little WWE 2K15 as it is coming out next week. Oh, by the way, programming note, there will not be a show next week. I am taking the fucking week off. I'm not doing a show on Tuesday because I'll be working all goddamn day. And then I'm going to fucking play WWE 2K15 on, on uh, Tuesday. So I'm not doing a show next week. So there will be no Unplugged. So make that a programming note in your minds. Next week, no show. Yeah, it wouldn't be too bad to have a week off. We've been going pretty steady, man. It'd be kind of, you know, neat. And then we can come back right before Survivor Series. So I think it works out great. Yeah, we come back right before Survivor Series. That'll be the week of my birthday. We'll have some fun, you know. That's what we're going to do. But we're going to take our next commercial break. We come back. Anthony Farley, or AFART, right here on the program. We'll be right back right after this. Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go.
Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Are you looking for the latest wrestling news? Well, then you should check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's been around for 16 years. It's one of the longest running newsletters on the internet today. Comes right to your inbox three to four times a week, depending on how busy the news week is. Want that access on your phone? They also have mobile apps for your iOS, Apple, and Blackberry. The archives of all the unplugged shows, as well as columns. You can also follow WrestlingOnline.com on Twitter, at WrestlingOnline. Or check them out on Facebook, www.facebook slash WrestlingOnline. It's that simple. Wrestling-Online.com is the official news source of the SNS Radio Network. And perhaps you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.wrestling-online.com. Hey guys and girls, this is Ashley Richardson, and you can join me here on the SNS Radio Network every week for SNS Sticks and Flicks, where we cover video gaming news, whether it be handhelds, mobiles, last generation PC, or the next gen of the Wii U, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. Did somebody say 4? No, I didn't mean you 4. Anyway, there's also movie and entertainment news, as well as perhaps the occasional review. And I'll give you the lowdown on whether it's the right movie or show for you. Did somebody say four? Look, I didn't mean you four. Just go away, okay? There's also a possibility of other stuff being on the show. It could be sports, it could be politics, it could be news, it could be what I had for lunch. Yeah, I don't know, but it'll be all for you. Nothing? Seriously, nothing? Anyway, all that on SNS Sticks and Flicks, here on the SNS Radio Network, and all for free. Did somebody say free? Ah, I'm done. What? Was it something I said? Xbox 360 and PS3 on October 28th, and on Xbox One and PS4 on November 18th. We can dance if we want to, we can leave your fans behind. 
Cause your friends don't dance And if they don't dance Well, they're no friends of mine See, we can go where we want to Place where they will never find And we can act like we come from out of this world Be the real one far behind Back to SNS Unplugged with Bronx and JJ on the SNS Radio Network. We can act if we want to, if we don't, nobody will. And you can act real rude and totally removed, and I can act like an imbecile. Say, we can dance, we can dance, everything's out of control. We can dance, we can dance, we're doing it more and more. We can dance, we can dance. Everybody look at your hands We can dance, we can dance Everybody's making the chance We can dance, we can dance Everybody look at your hands Never understood that lyric, but there you go, the safety dance Woo! Welcome back to Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network I'm Mr. Money on the mic, Jeff Jackson He's Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella, and we're being joined, of course, by our NXT correspondent, Anthony Farley, also known as A-Fart. What's up, A-Fart? Hey there, JJ and Bronx, and when you thought you were flushing me away, I just flipped right back up to the surface of that toilet. You're not a nugget, damn it. You're an A-Fart. <laughs> you have not graduated to be a nugget yet. <laughs> God. Uh... Thankfully, I'm feeling I'm in a better mood than I was how I started last week's show. Well, that's good to hear. Well, let's go ahead and break down what happened this past week on NXT. All right, they started the first match. The first match of the show was actually Tyler Breeze and Sami Zayn. We had Breeze um, going for quick pins, and every time it was a kick out, he kept motion to Zayn. I was that close to beating you again. Zayn was able to hit a couple moves to get offense, but when he tries to go for the blue thunder bomb. It's countered by Breeze into a neck breaker. There's some more countering between each other, between the guys for a while. And even when Breeze is able to hit a supermodel kick to get a very close near fall, he charges at Zayn in the corner, only get caught into a um, exploder suplex into that corner and gets pinned with a huluva kick. Good match here. And you know what? The road to redemption for Sami Zayn as they ingrained it in my brain I want to thank Jason Albert, formerly known as Tensai. Everything that happened in that match. It's the road to redemption for Sami Zayn. Yes, we know. But it was a good match. Yeah, it's maybe it started a little bit slow, but I am probably was comparing it too much to their match from one of the, the previous special. Because this was actually pretty good. When it started to pick up, I was like, damn, this is good. And afterwards, we saw Zayn motion. He says that he wants a shot at the belt. And then we get an interview with the NXT champion saying, heck, he feel, he's impressed with Zayn and all that, but he realizes, I'm going to give him a shot, but he just can't win the big one. So we've seen that little bit more of that possible heel turn for Neville. How's it a, how, here's the thing. How is it really a heel turn? He's just telling the truth. Every time Sami Zayn is given an opportunity, he comes up short. Oh, I'm just saying it's like a subtle, like, remember in Fatal 4 where he pulled the referee out, so it was like, even everyone's going like, what the hell is he doing? I'm not saying it's going to be a quick turn, but it'd be like subtle for a while then during a match or whatever, he's going to turn if they do. 
Yeah, but I mean, we've seen in the past he's done whatever it takes to keep the championship. That doesn't make him a heel. That just makes him opportunistic. I mean, if it were my belt, I'd do whatever I had to do to keep it. So I don't know if, it's, if we're going to see a heel turn from Adrian Neville. I don't know that a heel Adrian Neville would be interesting, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, once you get past his fucking Lord of the Rings fucking ears <laughs> and his, you know, uh, incredible anti-gravity fucking death-defying moves, there's not really much to him. And I like Adrian Neville, but a heel turn, I just don't know that that would work for him. Yeah, I just have to see how they're going to do this. Uh, next match is Tyson Kidd versus Dash Wilder. Apparently, he's the partner of Scott Dawson on the team, the Mechanics. This is mostly just Kidd's entire match. He has control. And when um he go, uh, now that Wilder is trying to tag him in the, out in the apron, he gets kicked in the head and gets hit with a twisting fisherman suplex and get has to tap out to the sharpshooter. So even though that kid's no longer able to go for the NXT title for the moment. He's, do, they're, he's doing something with him in NXT. I'm surprised the match went as long as it did, to be honest. Tyson Kidd should have mopped the floor with that kid. Yeah, I agree. I'm wondering if they're going to try to do something with Dash Wilder since they gave him at least somewhat of uh, offense against Kidd. But maybe they're just having to say, we'll give Kidd a match on NXT, keep him relevant on that roster. Well, I think I think Tyson Kidd is one of the uh, the cornerstones of NXT. I think when you look at some of the best matches on NXT, Tyson Kidd has either been involved in them or has them. So, yeah, and more times than not, you say, "Oh, it's a Tyson Kidd match. I'm gonna be entertained." Exactly. And then we get a strange, short little uh, backstage segment with Marcus Louis muttering to himself, I guess, in that for people laughing at him or whatever. Uh, it was kind of weird. So I don't know what they're doing with that. It reminded me of when Kane used to do those vignettes back after he, you know, lost the mask back in two thousand three. Yeah, and he wore the black towel, and you'd see him doing these promos and shit in the mirror. It kind of reminded me of that. So it's like he's like Kane Junior or something, like a poor man's Kane. Uh, I, I don't really know how I feel about this whole Marcus Louis thing. I, I think it's ridiculous, but you know, I, we have a Kane, or at least we had a Kane. Uh, we don't need another one. Hmm. Uh, we have now a, a backstage interview with Sami Zayn. He's just saying that hell, he feels avenged for getting all those, um, getting back from all those losses he suffered recently, and he feels that he should get a title shot next week. So, you know, you know what I like about this, Farley? Yes. You and I can talk about NXT, and Bronx just sits there and fucking doesn't know what to do because he doesn't watch the show. He doesn't chime in. He just, he's just here. He's just yeah. in the background. I'm letting yeah. the to have a segment. No, no. And you said on in the zone that you were actually going to just go ahead and watch the show just to stick it to me and JJ. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. Well, apparently it's not high enough. It's it's not on his list. I mean, first he's got to watch Toy Story one, two, and three. He's got to watch the fucking Lego Movie. He's got to watch the Breakfast Club. He's got to watch Top Gun. He's got to watch all these other fucking movies that I can't even remember what the fuck he hasn't seen. God, it's almost like a weekly segment. And say, Bronx, did you see the movie? Where do you hear what I say on Getting the Zone this week? <laughs> <laughs> I might have get a sneak preview of that. All right, let's finish with the recap. All right, we then have a tag team match. It's Charlotte and Bailey versus Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. The storyline, the story in this match is that Sasha is staying away from Charlotte, not letting herself get in the match. 
And when she finally does, it's because um, Char- she got a cheap shot on Charlotte and even starts using Charlotte's um, figure four um, head scissors just to uh, stick it to the champion. In the end, it's when Bailey looks like she's going to tag out only for Becky to pull Charlotte off the apron. And even though Bailey goes, uh, does an O'Connor roll, it's reversed by Banks, who uses the tights to get the win for her team. Just looking in chat, and I think that uh, Rod says it best. Bronx is a dunce when they talk NXT. He just sits there with his thumb up his ass, and he wears, in my opinion, the Bronx cap. That's what we call it now, the Bronx cap. It's not a dunce cap. It's the Bronx cap. What, when you just sit here clueless? That's the Bronx cap. That is the Bronx cap, yes. <laughs> Fuck all of you. Fuck you all in chat on the show. <laughs> But again, this this match was good to set up the most obvious um, Charlotte versus um, Banks match, which is actually going to happen at the special coming up. True. And then we have Renee Young interviewing the GM of NXT, William Regal, and he says, "Heck, both while I'm supposed to be doing what's good for the uh, this brand and all that, I feel what Zayn and Neville won this match next week. I agree with him. So next week we'll have a title match between those two." Good decision, I think. All right. But, but what, uh, what, we, what, what kills me about that, though, is if he's going to have the title match next week on NXT, doesn't seem like Sami Zayn's going to win it. So that means he's going to lose the big one again, and then somehow he's going to end up getting a rematch on the special. So I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, they really have to set it up just right to make it uh, have reason to have it at, on the special because NXT at least tries to justify the reason for these storylines they're doing. Uh, we then have the Ascension coming out, and they're saying, "Heck, they were patient with Hideo Tommy, saying, "Heck, you sh- you're gonna got a message and just left, but you didn't." So Connor's like, "Heck, come out here so we can finish what we started." And Tommy comes out. He's standing at the entrance, but then, as he looks off to his side, the words "Finn Balor" appears on the uh, Tron, and out comes the former Prince Devitt. He stands beside a Tommy. The two of them rush into the ring and attack the Ascension to the point where they're both knocked down. The, the, Tommy and Belor hit both simultaneous um, basement drop kicks. In the end, we see Tommy just um, taunting um, Connor just to come at him, come at him, while it just allows um, Belor to come off the top rope with a double stomp. In the end of NXT, we see Belor, I mean Belor and um, Tommy. Just um, cheer, uh, posing to the crowd over the fallen ascension. The only problem that I had with this was that they edited the fuck out of this because when they did this live uh, about what two months ago or whenever it was, when they filmed uh, the debut of Finn Balor, they actually had it set up where when he came out, it showed the Prince Devitt name on the on the Tron. And then the Prince Devitt name morphed into Finn Balor. And yeah, I was they, like, they, they, they should have kept that because they did that with um, Tommy when he debuted. And they completely cut that out. And I thought, man, why did you do that? I mean, it just it worked, I guess. But I was a little disappointed with the execution of the edit. But uh, it looks like they've kind of positioned, you know, the former Kenta and Prince Devitt into a tag team, which I have no problem with. I think they're going to beat the crap out of the Ascension. And maybe send them to the next uh, roster. Probably end up being tag champs down in NXT. But either way, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what Hideo Itami and Finn Balor bring to the table. 
Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to see what they're going to do with those two. And I'm wondering, are they going to keep them like mostly as a tag team, or is it just going to be working together mostly to take out the Ascension? And after that, they're going to somewhat go their own way. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping it's the, mo- the latter of those two options. Well, we'll see what happens. So overall, what would you give it letter grade-wise? I say it was a good show. I mean, everyone was waiting for the show mostly for the debut of Balor. Uh, so I got to say that I give the show a B plus. You know, I, I'd say it was about a B. I don't know if I'd go B plus, but it, it was a good show. I mean, it wasn't one of the best shows, but it was it was decent. Yeah, and we said it before. Even if the shows are so are so so in the way, they're still worth watching more times than some of the things on the main roster. Oh yeah, you get an hour of of wrestling. You know, you might get uh, you know a couple of segments here and there, but the majority of it is wrestling action in the ring. So, I still maintain NXT is the best product. Uh, wrestling-wise, WWE has, period. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. This is a good... Pr- and some people say, oh, when they're going to... I remember me and Bronx actually mentioned this on Getting the Zone, why they have the guys who are working so well on, on NXT, when they bring them up to the main roster, they alter it to the point where they're saying, what the hell are you guys doing? Well, uh, that, that has something to do with who's booking NXT and who's booking Raw. And... You know, I think we all know who's booking NXT, and I think we all know who's booking Raw, and I think that's the problem. Yeah, I don't get why guys who come up from NXT to the main roster just can't keep their gimmick. I mean, some guys have, but well, like it's like they're totally changed when they get to Raw. You know, you look at Emma, it, it's stuff like that. Guys, it's just- it, it, the answer is real simple. It's real obvious. Chavo Guerrero even enlightened us to it a couple weeks ago. Vince McMahon is out of touch with the audience. He's the one that's the main force behind Raw. The creative decisions that happen on that show go through Vince McMahon, whereas Triple H is the guy that's highlighting what happens in NXT. He's the man behind the scenes that makes sure that show runs. So tell me the difference between NXT and fucking Raw. Yeah, true. I can't argue with that point. I hadn't, you know, it's funny. We talked about this in length and that didn't really even cross my mind because I'm always under the assumption Triple H has some control over Raw, but the be all end all is McMahon. You're right. Yeah. All right, Anthony, we're going to let you go. Uh, Thanks for the segment. Good job this week. No problem. See you when you guys come back for the next week uh, for unplugged in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Next week we're off. We'll be back the week after. All right. See ya. All right. There you have it, guys. Uh, Anthony Farley, a fart, one half of Get in the Zone with Bronxilla every week right here on the SNS Radio Network. It is now time to transition into our what could be considered our final segment of the night. And that will be the news of the week sponsored by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. If you haven't checked out the site, please do so and uh, sign up for the free newsletter. It's been around for 16 years. And it's one of the longest-running newsletters on the Internet today. And uh, you don't have to go to websites. You just get your get your news mailed to you three or four times a week, depending on how busy the news week is. And now it's time for the news. Sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com. All 
All right, the big story right off the top. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but the United Kingdom was set to get the WWE Network, and at the very last minute, WWE said, nope, not going to happen. We're sorry for the inconvenience, but it's delayed at this time. Uh, the failed launch of the network in the UK is still the big talk of the week on social media, especially those living in the region. Both WWE and Sky, who rumored to have blocked the launch, are getting their fair share of abuse from fans, especially since this is the second time that the WWE has failed in giving UK fans the WWE Network. Reaching out to Sky sources, we were told, off the record, the decision on late Monday to pull the network was purely a WWE decision, and Sky had nothing to do with what happened. The company had no comments when it comes to possible negotiations of carrying the network as a traditional TV channel, when asked about the new five-year TV deal with WWE, which was announced on January of this year, a Sky Public Relations person said the deal goes in effect in January 2015, and when pressed if the network was offered as part of the discussions, we were told that the general company policy is that they do not discuss contract details and could not offer an answer. You know what that means, Bronx? It means that they're probably going to make it a television uh related deal kind of like what rogers and WWE came up with in canada which is fucked because rogers doesn't reach all the way through canada it mainly covers the east so you got your regions like uh, toronto and everything else uh but rogers does not come all the way out here to uh to alberta we have tellus and we have shaw and a couple other ones but rogers is not one of the big cable companies out here so that kind of limits what people can get as far as the network. And it looks like that may end up happening in the UK. Man, I will give you guys my personal email address. And I do not mind if you email me asking me how to set it up. Because I normally wouldn't give away free tech support except to friends. But man, get you a VPN. Fuck Rogers and, and fuck this bullshit that they're doing. You know, I'm so glad that here in the U.S. that they debuted the network the way they do. I am for online services. I like the network the way it is here in the U.S. This shit going to cable channels. I think it's I think it's fucked up. It should have been the same everywhere. You know I don't I don't care. SNSBronxzilla at gmail dot com. It has nothing to do with the network. If you want help, I will help you because I think it's complete and utter bullshit. You should be able to watch it the way we watch it here in America, and I don't know what WWE is doing, but I think it's really going to hurt the network in the long run because you're dil diluting, diluting your audience like Rogers is doing. It's fucking bullshit. I agree. WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon recorded a 40-second video message to apologize to the UK fans over the second failed attempt to launch the network in the region. McMahon said the UK fans are very important to WWE and the company had several great memories in the country and they are working day and night to bring the network there. He personally apologized for how the situation was handled and promises that it will be worth the wait. WWE originally planned to launch the network on October 1st, then it moved to November 3rd before pulling the plug 20 minutes before it was supposed to go live. The company is in negotiations with other partners to carry the network, most likely as a traditional TV channel, rather than an over-the-top service. Only Canada so far gets the TV channel through Rogers, while the rest of the world gets the OTT US version of the network. The video can be seen over at WWE.com. You know what just popped into my head? I'm wondering if 
they're having, even though I've had no issues, I watched the ECW post show last night, which I absolutely loved. You guys need to go back and see that with Joey Styles and Paul Heyman. I've really had no problems, but I'm wondering if they're doing this shit because they're afraid that if they legit add all of these foreign countries to the network, it's going to overload them and they're not going to be able to handle it. Because when you pipe it through cable TV, it's a lot easier. It's, it's a lot less bandwidth. So I'm wondering if that's their thought behind it. Maybe. That very well could be. I don't know. Monday Night Raw this past week drew a total of 4 million and 40,000. 4 million and 40,000, considerably up from last week's 3,745,000. Damn. So that, that's good. Well, I mean, when you put on a good show like you did last week, you encourage people to come back, keep doing it. You know, I, I mean, some things about Raw could be better, but it's been a lot better in the last two weeks than it was the few weeks before that. I mean, I know we were shitting all over it for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. WWE and Sci-Fi have announced that SmackDown will officially be moving to Thursday nights beginning January 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern. The move ends months of speculation of what was going to happen to SmackDown. First, WWE production trucks changed their decals of the show to advertise the new Thursday move. And then once Sci-Fi officially released its fall schedule, SmackDown was left in its Friday time slot. Last month, Sci-Fi announced that their new series, based on the movie 12 Monkeys, was going to start airing on Friday nights and SmackDown's time slot starting mid-January 2015, suggesting that the time SmackDown was finally moving to was its original time slot. Quite simply, more young men watch television on Thursday night than on Fridays. Quote, Michael Engelman, Executive Vice President Marketing, Marketing Digital and Global Brand Strategy of Sci-Fi, among men 18 to 49, uh, puts our 15% compared to Fridays, expanding the potential audience for SmackDown. Since the majority of the broadcast programming skews female, we're also using Thursday nights to counter the program. SmackDown moved to Friday night death slot in the fall of 2005 after six years of airing on Thursday nights. Yeah, I mean, you're damn right. More more young men watch fucking you know, TV on Thursday night because Friday night you got your paycheck in your pocket. Maybe you want to go out and drink. Maybe you want to go out with your girl. You know, Friday nights, or maybe you just want to chill at home. You don't even want to watch wrestling. Whatever you want to do. Thursday night's a better slot. I think that they're probably going to see improvements in the ratings when they move to Thursday night. I'd almost bet on it. It certainly didn't help TNA impact in the Thursday night time slot. But then again, you know, it's impact. What more can you say? Um, Back to the SmackDown front, though. Um, Slam Wrestling. Canadian-based website is reporting that once SmackDown moves to Thursday nights in the United States in January of 2015, Canada will get the show a day earlier than anyone else in the world. Jennifer Cram, the communications officer for Sportsnet and NHL properties at Rogers, which has all the rights for WWE television shows in the country, confirmed SmackDown will in fact be airing on Wednesday nights. SmackDown will be moving to Wednesday nights beginning January 14th, 2015, fans will be able to watch it on Sportsnet 360. It will air from 8 to 10 p.m. She wrote in an email, Sportsnet 360 airs NHL every Thursday night, and in Canada, no one messes with hockey, which forced the move to Wednesdays. going to hurt them. I mean, the, the spoilers for SmackDown are out like an hour after it's recorded on Tuesday night. So, I mean, that's not a big deal. I I, I get it. Yeah, you, you're not. I mean, th- hockey's like you guys. It's football. You're no, no, it, it, no, no. It's like church. 
Hockey yeah. is religion here. It's not a sport. It's fucking like motherfuckers. Like it's a religious experience to watch hockey here. I haven't like been cultivated to the religion known as hockey. I'm just not into it. The only thing I like to watch when I watch hockey is I like to watch two motherfuckers go at it and beat the shit out of each other. But aside from that, I don't give a fuck about hockey. So I'm still Americanized, you know, like. I like hockey to a certain extent. I just feel the fights are fixed. I'm sorry. I lo- you know, I love how two guys will stare at each other, play about three periods, and then suddenly decide to fight. I, I would almost be willing to bet that it, a lot of that shit is fixed. It, and if that pisses anyone off. It's a ratings grab, you know. You know, the, the game is boring. Let's fucking send two guys out there to beat the shit out of each other. You know, that's the way it is. Yeah, but you know what I love? You cave someone's skull in, give them a concussion, blacken their eye, break their eardrum, and, oh, well, uh, we're going to really punish you. You're going to sit in this box for three minutes. <laughs> Don't you wish real life was like that when you beat the shit out of someone? I do. I do. Um, well, since we talked about NXT, or excuse me, we talked about SmackDown moving to Wednesday nights, NXT will be moving to Wednesday nights as well. WWE's Chief Revenue and Marketing Officer Michelle Wilson told Variety that with SmackDown's move to Thursdays in January of 2015, WWE is shifting NXT to a different day so it does not conflict with the show. NXT, which airs on Thursdays, will be moving to the Wednesday night time slot on the WWE Network, retaining the 8 p.m. time slot. Future NXT specials on the network will also be airing on Wednesday instead of Thursday. Variety notes that SmackDown moving to Thursday may be a good move for both WWE and Sci-Fi, listing only CBS Big Bang Theory as possible credible opponents since the NFL season would have wrapped up by then. So even though on Wednesday nights there will be some competition between NXT and SmackDown, you can always watch NXT on demand, you know, on the WWE Network. So I'm not really concerned with that. Yeah, I mean, well, and it makes sense, too. I mean, it definitely, they're, they're probably looking at the U.S. market as their biggest market right now. So it makes sense that they would also move NXT back at night. I mean, I, I have no issue with that. And like you said, you can watch it whenever you want. So, yep. Uh, with the hashtag fill uh, with the hashtag free 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 promotion of the WWE Network this month, which also includes the Survivor Series pay per view, it's interesting to note that In Demand will be offering the show on traditional pay per view for the usual price of dun da 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 fifty four ninety five. This will be the very first ever pay per view event which WWE is offering for free through the network, a move which keeps killing their pay per view business. In return, there's a possibility of fans sticking around the network after this month is over. In Demand is still offering pay-per-views, even though Dish Network and DirecTV have stopped the shows ever since the network came into effect. It will be interesting to see how many people will be ordering this show on traditional pay-per-view once the numbers are released in a couple of months. That'll be real interesting. I I think if you pay 50-something bucks for it and you have an internet connection, you're high. I mean, now no one can give an excuse. It's free. There's no commitment. I'm just worried that this might shoot WWE in the foot because I'm wondering the vast amount of money it's costing them to do this 30-day free shit. It has to be costing them. Now, okay, if you're already a a subscriber like we are, you're still going to pay the $9.99, so they're not going to be losing money. But, man, it's a risk. I agree. It is a risk. It is a risk. We'll see if it pays off. Right now, the network has not got enough subscribers to really pay off for them. So they're losing money, which sucks because I don't understand why people think nine ninety nine is too much for this fucking network. It's a fucking steal for everything that you get. It's a fucking steal. 
don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it either. Even if, like, how many times do we have to say this? Even if all you watch is the pay per views, I don't give a fuck about anything else on there. You're still saving fifty bucks a month, bro. My pay per view budget used to go, used to be forty bucks a month, forty or fifty bucks. I can't. I think it was like forty bucks. Maybe now it was fifty. It was fifty for a pay per view. So you look at that times twelve. Then let's look at the WWE Network times twelve. Like I'm paying 120 a fucking year to watch WWE pay per views, as opposed to upwards of five six hundred bucks. Yeah. Like, uh, unreal. I don't know. I I just uh, maybe like I said last time, it's a fear of new technology. I I just don't I I I, I don't get it. It's just it's baffling to me. I don't I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, WWE superstar. Can I, do I, should I say that? Is he really a superstar? <laughs> okay. WWE star. Let's do that. WWE star. Zach Ryder noted on Twitter that he was not going on the European tour with the rest of his fellow wrestlers. And immediately several websites, several websites started reporting. He was about to get fired. Quote, I'll let you know why in a few days when I have definite news. Adding fuel to the fire, however, Ryder quickly shot down all rumors about getting a pink slip. Quote, the internet people love to twist words and make a story. Ryder tweeted again, here's the deal. I tore my rotator cuff. Uh, May need surgery. Relax. Physical therapy after a rotator cuff will take months. So, indeed, Ryder will be going under the knife to fix his problem. It will mean he will be out till after WrestleMania, which... Isn't shocking because when was the last time he was at a WrestleMania? You know, Ryder, I think, is the kind of guy, if I were him, when my contract's up, I tell WWE, thank you, but no dice. Start another YouTube show because I'm assuming by this point WWE has the rights to his old name. What was it, Long Island IC? Well, let me, let me ask you a question and be honest. What was so awesome about Zack Ryder? I mean, yeah, let, me, let me ask. I mean, look, I'll, I'll extend this to the people in the chat room and to the people listening to this on the archive. Feel free to send me an email and let me know. If you're in the chat now, let me know in the chat. But what was so appealing about Zack Ryder? His music? Like, I never got into Zack Ryder. I never understood the fucking love people have for Zack Ryder. I liked him as one of the major brothers. But I never understood the appeal of the Zack Ryder character. Well, it was the YouTube shit, I think. I mean, in the ring, I agree with you. But that YouTube stuff was good. I did enjoy the series. Okay? I, I think the guy's talented and funny. I don't, I don't appreciate him. Does this make sense? I don't appreciate him as much as a wrestler as I do as an entertainer. I just think that the character was over. I think that with the popularity of the YouTube shit... WWE could have did a little more with him. Now, could he have been the next John Cena? Absolutely not. He was never going to be a main eventer. But they could have done a little more. They could have maybe brought that internet belt in that he had, put that up for grabs. They could have did a little more work with Ryder than they did. And I think it's just because they fucking hate to see someone get over on their own without the WWE look a Christian. 
You know, yeah. I, I'm not a big Zack Ryder mark, but I just think that the guy's a little more underrated as an entertainer than people give him credit for. I don't think he's terrible in the ring. I think the guy can wrestle. And, you know, I mean, let's be honest, the whole Jersey Shore thing, and Ashley says it perfectly in the chat, the whole, you know, Jersey Shore wave five years ago is kind of what made his gimmick. And I'll agree with Mays when he says that the Internet stuff made him the the Long Island Z show and, and doing that it got over with social media I get that I just I just never followed the the Zack Ryder train of thought I've known people that like thought Zack Ryder should be the world heavyweight champion which I never understood I just never thought of him in that way I've always seen Zack Ryder as a mid card jobber you know I, I mean look I hate that the guy's hurt that sucks because it's going to reflect in his paychecks and I wish him well. But the fact that he's not on Team Cena or that he's going to miss ring time and maybe won't he'll maybe he'll miss WrestleMania doesn't phase me. I, I feel bad for the guy, but I'm not I'm going to sleep just fine tonight. Really, you know, knowing Zack Ryder still has a job. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean I get what you're saying, but you know, I just think I mean shit, even Cena tried putting him over a few times if you remember that. And it just yeah. Oh yeah, never- the, the don't be a hosky. Yeah, the whole angle like with Eve. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, 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 I remember a few years ago when I was doing the cause cast and Charles Shane and I were talking, and I think it was Matt Black who had done a uh, Zack Ryder road to wrestle, not a road to WrestleMania, but a creative story where Zack Ryder supposedly was getting into this feud with Vince McMahon. And Vince was like, I'm going to hold you down and you're never going to rise above. And he goes through all these challenges. And at the end, he wins the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. And I told him, I said, you know, I I, I remember telling Matt Black because I played through it. And I said, the only thing that would have made this better is if you would have had it start off. Because I think Edge is waking him up at the beginning of of the story. I said, the only thing that would have made it better is at the very end of the story, after he's won the World Heavyweight Championship and he's the champion, is that Edge comes back in and wakes him up and it was all a fucking dream. Because there's no reality way that fucking he would ever be world champion. Now, you know what I would have liked, and you can appreciate this. It would have been copyright infringement, but it would have been so beautiful. Instead of that, as Ryder is holding up the belt, the whole scene turns into a little thought balloon and you see him laying in bed, snoozing, and you play the music. You remember that, right? I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Super Mario 2. I couldn't believe when I finally won that game and was so excited, and at the end, it's all a dream. I'm like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. That's old school video games. I, I made a video game reference. I feel like Splinter. In Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1, I made a funny. I made the funny. Ha ha ha. Leonardo, what are you doing? Michelangelo, clean the toilet. Yeah, I saw the new Turtles movie. Was a fan of everything but Splinter. I didn't. He was too fucking tall. I have not seen the new one. I'm going to, but I haven't seen it yet. I can arrange that. Well, let's get back to the news. We've got to wrap things up. Indeed. Apparently, setting aside their on-screen feud, Nikki and Brie Bella attended the 2014 MTV EMAs. Uh, 
at the Hydro in Glasgow, Scotland. The duo, along with actor David Hasselhoff, presented the award for Best Female to singer Ariana Grande, who I still think sounds like a menu item on Taco Bell. Can I have the Ariana Grande? It'd be like nachos, extra cheesy. I'll have the Ariana Grande. I have no clue who the fuck she is, but you made me laugh. That anyway. that wouldn't uh, surprise me. Oh shit! Big Ariana. That's what Ariana Grande means. There you go. Uh, my 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 little girl Lexi likes to poke fun at Ariana Grande. She doesn't like her, and I don't know who she is. So that I mean, I've heard her music a couple of times, but uh, that's kind of crazy. When you got heat with a little girl, you're fucked up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. When you got heat with my seven year old, you got problems. No shit. Uh, Former WWE champion Alberto Del Rio posted a message on his Twitter saying he's reached an agreement with WWE for future bookings. Quote, following my departure from WWE, an understanding was reached with regards to my future booking opportunities. We wish each other well in our respective future endeavors. Del Rio, who now goes by the name of El Patron, was fired back in August for hitting a WWE social media manager after a racist remark. WWE tried to prevent him from wrestling anywhere else for a full year, but now it seems that both parties have agreed to move on as long as none of them put each other in the bad light. Now, WWE has released a statement after this. After the man formerly known as Alberto Del Riso, Riso, let's try that again. After the man formerly known as Alberto Del Rio posted a statement on his Twitter regarding his future and recent departure from the WWE, the WWE posted a statement of their own regarding the situation. Quote, Following his departure from the WWE, former superstar Alberto Del Rio and WWE have reached a mutual understanding with regard to his future booking opportunities. WWE wishes Alberto the best in his future endeavors. As previously noted, the two parties have settled their differences and have agreed to not put each other in a bad light moving forward. WWE originally prevented Del Rio from wrestling in the United States for a year, after he was fired, but Del Rio was ready to take matters to court if the company didn't allow him to wrestle wherever he wanted to. Good for him. Yeah, well, that's that's Wall Street. That's the stocks. They don't want you never when you're a publicly traded company want a lawsuit pending. So, look, you know, good. Let the guy go. You know, come on. How much money are you going to make off of him now? Come on. Really? I agree. Well, this is interesting. I heard about this last night. I actually saw it on Raw. And the WWE has announced that Grumpy Cat will guest star on Monday Night Raw on November 17th. Yes, Grumpy Cat has become a pop culture phenomenon and currently boasts 7 million Facebook fans, 500,000 Instagram followers, and her YouTube page has received 29 million video views. The press release read, with countless media appearances, including the Today Show, American Idol, and Forbes magazine, under her collar, Grumpy Cat has taken over a best-selling book, a beverage line, and her own line of merchandise. Stephanie McMahon said WWE's mission is to put smiles on people's faces, and they will now attempt the same with Grumpy Cat. How about putting my grumpy cock on instead? That'd be more entertaining. Really? I read this shit today. Rod had to explain it to me. I know what Grumpy Cat is. It started off as a fucking mem. Yep, it did. Really? Are you fucking kidding me? I just, 
just when they're doing good, they have to go back to some stupid shit. I, I, I can can, can somebody get Lisa Kudrow on the line so we can reenact Friends, and she can you know redo her song, Smelly Cat, Grumpy Cat, Grumpy Cat. What are they feeding you? Uh, it's week, not your fault. A week after that, they'll have fucking, you know, Ryback come out as freaking Jerry and beat the shit out of Zach, uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler, who'll be dressed as Tom. I mean, is that next? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the Muppets I was kind of okay with, but this is just fucking stupid. You know, it, it's, a, it's a mem or meme or however the fuck you pronounce it. Seriously, know. is anybody looking forward to this? Like, no, fucking grumpy cat. Like, what the fuck? What I want to see them do is have Hideo Atami debut on Raw and turn Grumpy Cat into freaking pork fried rice. Yeah, no doubt. All right, all right, all right. We're we're done with this. Let me stop. I, I'm 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 totally done with this grumpy cat shit. I'm totally done. Here's an interesting little tidbit for you. Marvel has announced that the CM Punk has joined its team of Marvel Comics writers and will debut with February's Thor Annual Number 1. Interviewed for the Marvel.com website, Punk said it's a process that started back at the 2011 San Diego Comic-Con when he met Marvel, Car- when he met Marvel Comics Editor-in-Chief Axel Alonso. Punk admits he's never written a comic-style script before and is learning on the job by reading normal scripts and the Marvel method. You can read the full interview over at wrestling-online.com. So, good for CM Punk. He's transitioned away from wrestling. He's going to be writing comic books. The only problem is, as soon as he meets a deadline, he's going to put down his pencil and walk the fuck away. <laughs> um, see, I, for some reason, had thought it was DC. I fucked that up. I don't know why. But uh, you know what? I'd be interested to actually see what take he might have. I mean, I, I, he's a comic book guy. You know, I know I've got some good ideas for a comic book story. I'll read it. I mean, shit, just just out of curiosity, I'll check it out. I think he'll do okay. You know, we'll have for to the record, for the record, I hope he does well. I hope that he, he enjoys this and he does well. I hope that I wish him much success with Marvel Comics. As long as I never have to see him in a ring again. Good luck with that. Uh, we'll see what happens. Whoa. What? Someone sent me a picture of that, that chick you were talking about, the Taco Bell chick. Ariana Grande? Yo, <laughs> Ariana Grande... I don't know, man. She can deliver my Mexican food anytime. I don't Shit. think she's legal, bitch. She's not? I don't think so. I don't think she's 18. Let me restate that. In a few years when she grows up, she <laughs> certainly... <laughs> nice, Brox. Good way to cover yourself there. You motherfuckers. Oh, that's funny shit. Uh, we were talking about Vince McMahon for, uh, earlier. Uh, apparently... So I don't go to jail? No, it's staying in. WWE Chairman Vince McMahon made a surprise appearance at the SmackDown television taping in Liverpool. McMahon came out after the fans in Liverpool began chanting, where's our network? Mocking them and saying that Liverpool... Oh, okay. Vince McMahon came out and mocked them and said that Liverpool sounds like a skin disease. Apparently, none of this appears to be part of the taping that will actually air on the broadcast as of Friday night. It seemed like a case of the fans pissing off Vince to the point he came out and cut a shitty promo on them. That's ego for you right there. I'm sorry. Everyone in the chat room is telling me, I'm sorry, JJ. She's 21, so I'm in the clear. But 
Mays says she went black, so it's too late. <laughs> and you know what they say, once you go black, <laughs> you sit in a wheelchair for two weeks. But no, kudos to Vince. I like the way he kind of told that crowd, listen, ch- you know, chill the fuck out. I saw that video clip. Vince McMahon at his best. I mean, whether you hate his booking, which we pretty much do right now, he's still got a good on-air persona, and I love that. If you guys haven't checked out that video, check it out. It's awesome. Variety.com has an exclusive story online about Dwayne Johnson teaming up with Kevin Hart to star in a new buddy action comedy movie titled Central Intelligence. The synopsis of the movie, according to Variety, is the story begins with a class reunion approaching as a former high school sports star turned accountant is contacted by a classmate who was bullied and humiliated back in the day. The loser that the accountant remembers is now a CIA contract killer who ropes him into helping foil a plot to sell classified military secrets. Scott Stubber will produce through his Bluegrass Films banner, along with Peter Precipitato and Paul Young of Precipitato Young Entertainment. Ed Helms will serve as executive producer of the movie. It will be released by New Line. Filming starts in spring of 2015. So The Rock, yet again, has another movie, this time with Kevin Hart in a sidekick drama. Ooh, what a comedy that's going to be. God, can I just be like The Rock's friend? That's all I ask for, Lord. Not best friend, not confidant, just a friend. You know, where I can just call up, hey, Rock, uh, you know, can I borrow a few bucks this month? Or can you give me a few bucks this month? Or can I just have one 150th of The Rock's fucking money? It'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, it's just... Uh, Look, the guy's in demand, man. Say what you want. I know Hercules didn't do that great. But, I mean, the guy's still in fucking demand. It's just, he's amazing, man. Kudos to him. Well, Kevin Hart's a funny dude. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they play well off each other. I've well, seen a lot of stuff with Kevin Hart that I like, but I, I don't know. Sometimes he gets a bit fucking annoying. But Yeah, but see, The Rock can be funny. Everyone looks at Rock as an action guy, but he can be fucking hilarious when he wants to be. And I'm used, so used to him in action. It'll be refreshing to see him in a comedy. I'll check it out. WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross was announced today by Global Force Wrestling as the play-by-play man for GFW's presentation of New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 9 live on pay-per-view in North America on January 4th, 2015. Quote, I am truly honored and excited to have been asked to be part of this historic event. To be able to return to my roots and provide play-by-play for an amazing pro wrestling product will be special. I never thought I'd return to ringside for a wrestling event, but this opportunity was just too special to turn down. GFW founder and CEO Jeff Jarrett said he'd been working on lining up Ross for weeks. When you think of great events in wrestling over the past 30 years, one of the things they have in common is the man behind the microphone, and that man is Jim Ross, said Jarrett. I'm excited for this event, and I'm excited for good old JR to be a part of it. GFW fans wanted him, and from day one, we've said we're going to give our fans what they want. The show will air live at 2 a.m. Eastern and re-air in primetime at 7 p.m. Eastern. will be available on DirecTV, Dish, AT&T, U-verse, Comcast, Verizon, Fios, and all cable systems in the U.S. and in Canada on Bell, Expressview, TV Rogers, Shaw, Saskatel, and Tullus. Check your local listings for availability. The show will also be on the Flips app on iTunes and Android. I, for one, am happy. There were rumors a couple weeks ago where Ross shot this down and said it wasn't going to happen. 
but they officially announced it today. Jim Ross has joined GFW and will be doing play-by-play for New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 9. Fucking awesome. I hope they backed a dump truck full of money into his fucking driveway. They're currently looking for somebody to do commentary with Ross, but the fact that you've got Ross doing this, I'm going to buy the fucking pay-per-view. I've already decided. With the signing of Jim Ross, I will fucking get that pay-per-view on January 4th. I will pay the money for it. I will fucking do it. It really doesn't matter who you put with Ross. I mean, it does in a way, but, I mean, he, he's going to be the star. I mean, I don't know who they're going to get. It would be interesting. I mean, if I don't know. I don't know who you could get. Well, Joey Styles. Oh, no, he's still with WWE. No, you're not going to get Joey Styles. <laughs> as long as it's not like Taz, we'll be okay. I mean, you know. Oh, God. What a rocket buster. You know, or fucking... J- uh, JBL, I don't know. Two more. We got two more stories before we wrap this up and, and take our last break and then, you know, finish things out. But WG in America is jumping back into the wrestling programming. Yep. Three years after they stopped airing WWE Superstars, this time around the channel will air a unique family docuseries titled Wrestling with Death. No, it has nothing to do with TNA. Introducing the Lathams of Osceola, Arkansas. Morticians by day who run the Wilson Funeral Home and professional wrestlers by night who run the Mid-Southern Championship Wrestling League. Wrestling with Death is executive produced by Britt Montgomery, David George, Alex Werso, and Jordana Hoshman, alongside Bill Katz and Michelle Katz for Esperitis Productions. Bill Duncan and David Duncan serve as consulting producers. The show comes from Left Field Pitchers, the creators of Pawn Stars, American Restoration, and Counting Cars. Twelve weekly back-to-back half-hour episodes have been ordered to premiere Tuesday, January 13th, 2015 at 10 p.m. Eastern. What? Okay. It's going to be a 30-minute docuseries about these morticians that run a wrestling promotion in Osceola, Arkansas. Now, the big rumors around WGN is that was one of the networks that TNA was talking to. And for the record, folks, there's still no word on what's going on with TNA. There have been no new TV agreements that have been signed, or at least that I'm aware of. And um, going into that, there will be no impact wrestling on Thanksgiving Eve as Spike TV will be preempting the show for a movie. Spike has agreed to air impact till the end of the year as negotiations between the two are ongoing, although it looks less, less likely that TNA will remain on the Viacom owned property come 2015 tna taped months worth of impact over the summer and has enough original first run shows to air till november 19th after the last tape show airs tna was going to start airing the best of shows on spike but there are no television tapings as of yet set and there's no tv deal that has been agreed upon death fucking nail yeah and like I told Anthony on getting the zone, it's a shame because the last couple of weeks I have enjoyed the show. I really did enjoy it this this past week. So, I mean, you know, I, I guess it's too little, too late. I mean, unless they really, really pull something out of their hat soon, they're pretty much fucked. I mean, I, in a way, I feel bad, but I don't feel pity because they fucking no Dixie Carter did it to them. So it is, it is. She did. I agree, but that's going to do it for the News of the Week, sponsored by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. We're going to take our last commercial break. Get ready to wrap things up. Talk WWE 2K15 just for a few minutes. 
Got a few emails to read, and then we're going to call it a night, folks. So we'll be right back with more right here on Unplugged right after this. Hey, this is Harry Smith on the SNS Radio Network. Each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Everybody, this is the Bronx Father to tell you about the Get in the Zone podcast every weekend right here on the SNS Radio Network with myself, my co-host Anthony Farley, and bringing you the TNA recap. No, God, please, no, no. L Train. We also cover SmackDown, some news, and you might even get moments like this. Oh, my brother, testify! Wow. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, that, that, was, that wasn't half bad. <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> to quote... See, since I'm imitating... Since I'm imitating Devon tonight, I might as well run the gamut of black wrestlers and go with Booker T. Tell me I did not just... Hear that. It's one of those things to edit. (laughs) (laughs) To edit or not to edit? That is the question. (laughs) For the reaction to Anthony, you cannot edit this one. Oh, shit. Anthony's dead. He's just done. (laughs) Oh, we might as well just end the show right now. So... Check out the archive every single weekend and drop us an email anytime. SNS get in the zone at gmail.com right here on the SNS 
Radio Network. SNS Unplugged with Bronx and JJ on the SNS Radio Network. Let it be known, I will always be a journey, Mark. Love me some journey. Love me some journey. Welcome back to SNS Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. I'm Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. He's Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella, getting ready to wrap things up on the program. But before we do, we do need to discuss the WWE 2K15 debacle. People are upset, and I understand why they're upset. But I've known... For a while, especially since the release of the Xbox 360 and PS3 version, that this new version uh, that was going to be released on the Xbox One and PS4 was going to be deficient of some things. Um, It's obviously a brand new engine, first of all. It's not the same thing that they've been working on. We've talked about this ad nauseum over the years on the Causecast, on WNL, on Unplugged. Anytime you have a transitional period when another company takes over, and they release a new game, and it's built from the ground up, you're not going to have the same features that you had on the previous games. And I understand people are upset, and they don't like it. I'm a little bummed that some of these features aren't there, but realistically, I didn't expect them to be because this is a next-gen iteration. It's a revamped version of the game, so obviously it's not going to have Created Arena. It's not going to have, you know the championship edit that was in WWE 2K14 and and before that. I know that a lot of people are pissed about the Divas not being a part of the game where you can create your females. Well, that sucks. I'm not going to lie. It does suck. If you want to do that, then you're going to have to continue to play WWE 2K14 or 13 or 12 or whatever to get those features. But this is a new foundation for a new game. Next year, hopefully, they'll have more features. I'm bummed, but I'm not pissed about it because I knew it was going to be deficient. I knew they weren't going to have stuff in there. But I'm hoping that when I get the game, they fucking wow me with what they have. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, even different versions of operating systems like Android. You know, every time they come out with a new version of Android at the beginning, it's 
just full of bugs and it, it's bad. But then they release updates, patches, stuff like that. You know, it's it's a whole different system. You can't you can't use the you know WWE 2K14 engine on a next gen system. You have to build a new engine. You, you just have to. Otherwise, it would be just the same version of the game. So, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I don't know a lot about video games, but I know a lot about upgrades. And I mean, it, it's totally new hardware. You have to kind of be patient. Well, it's 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 a building a new step, okay? It's, you know, a completely new franchise. It's a completely new developer. The only reason that WWE 2K14 came out the way it did last time was because Ukes and THQ had done all the work on the game. And the only thing that changed was 2K bought them, and they still released the game because they had been working on it. Now, this one has been in development since last year since when they bought the game so things are different you know it's just the way it is and i know people are upset now what i don't like about this is that i feel 2k didn't handle the situation properly may said it best they could have given people a heads up to let them know that certain features weren't going to be in the game there there's been literally almost nothing revealed about these games and normally every year i bring brian williams on this program and we talk about the game i decided this year i wasn't going to even bother and it's not because i don't like brian i like the guy a lot and hopefully we can bring him on next year but the reason i didn't reach out to them is because i felt like bringing him on the program i would ask him questions about the game and i would get that well i can't comment on that right now i can't comment on that so i would literally get nothing out of it and and, and that's again i need to know things I wanted to know about the game, and I knew I wasn't going to get that. So I decided to opt against that this year. Maybe next year will be different. But I knew that they were going to be taking features out. I knew that it wasn't going to be the same game. People were shocked when the Xbox 360 and PS3 versions of the game were stripped of certain features, which I don't understand why they were. I think that was ridiculous. I still maintain that they shouldn't have released it on those platforms and that they should have been DLC for WWE 2K14 with an updated roster. But that didn't happen. Oh, I'll answer your question right now. They stripped features out of those versions because they knew they were going to have to strip features out of the next-gen versions, and they didn't want the old-gen people to feel like they had a heads-up. Does that make sense? They didn't want to put out a full-featured game with all this shit, and then the the next-gen version comes out, and it looks lame in comparison. That's probably why they stripped it. And I, and I don't fault them for that. I'm looking at it from a business stand, you know, standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say the creation suite looks pretty goddamn cool for, uh, for WWE2K15. So I'm looking forward to you know, messing around with that and seeing what happens. And next week, I'm taking a week. I'm, I'm taking not the whole week off, obviously. I'm taking the night off from doing the show because I'll be working during the day. And I'm going to play WWE2K15 on Tuesday. I get home from work and check it out, and I'll review it the week following when we return for Unplugged. And I'll let you know what I think of it. But that, that, that's my response. That's what I think. I mean, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, I think we've all kind of known it was going to happen. And for those that are upset, I understand why you're upset, but you got to understand they're building a new game. They're building a new foundation on which to build this game. So every year they're going to have new features. 
or I guess as some people would say, they're bringing back old features in the new game. And that's probably what's going to happen. And people will bitch about it. But that's just the way it's going to be. And look at it this way. They're probably currently, as we speak, working on and have been working on 16 for months. So they'll have more time now. They'll hopefully put all their concentration into the next gen. So enjoy 15 for a year. And then, you know, see what 16 has to bring. I guarantee it'll be better. But we'll see what happens. We'll see, you know, we'll see what people think. You know, hopefully I, I buy this game and it doesn't suck. I've, I've heard mixed reviews. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to play it. We'll see. But that's my thoughts on it. We do have some emails to get to before we get out of here. So let's jump into that. If I can be serious for a minute. Without being interrupted. Kentucky Long Rifle, what is that, an email? Can I have your attention, please? I've just received an email. First one comes to us from Eric. Hey, guys, I intended on writing a short email, but I got excited about something. It's hard to do so. I just wanted to say that I'm really looking forward to Survivor Series solely for the elimination tag match. It's really shaping up whilst having a little bit of unpredictability about it. I'm sure y'all have covered this during the show, but do you think the teams are set now? I only say this because at the end of the show, we saw Ziggler beaten up by Harper. Is Harper the in the five-on-five -five match now, too? Or could you see Ziggler pull out himself of the team and go at it with Harper in a one-on-one -on -one match at Survivor Series to seek revenge? If Ryback joins Team Cena, then the above scenario occurred. Team Cena is still a vacant spot. Do you see Randy Orton returning or in some capacity a la Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam 2010. This would also mean that there's an opportunity on the authority side. If everything is on the line, why does Triple H not enter himself into the match? That's a good, that's a good point. I also think the authority has to put everything on the line. I think Team Cena should have something to lose should they lose the match. For example, they're not entitled for title shots for six months or not eligible to enter the Rumble. How is it fair the authority lose their jobs and Team Cena has nothing to lose? In poker, when you go all in, your opponent has to match your bet. The same should apply here, in my opinion. Do you guys have suggestions as to what Team Cena could put on the line? Yes, I do. Team Cena should put on the line that if they fucking lose, John Cena has to fucking retire. His in-ring is fucking done. Well, you know that ain't happening. I think maybe a more realistic thing, which would have worked for me, and you can always undo this later, like a scene of retirement. You know, Nexus retired and he was back in a week. What you could do, I would have done if, if Team Cena loses, John Cena never gets a world title shot again for the rest of his career. Now, of course, in a little bit, you'll change that. But I agree. I agree with him, Absolutely. I think tit for tat. Cena's team should have had something to put on the line, too. I completely agree with that. Yep. Lastly, if you haven't already covered this on the show, and if you have enough time, what other matches do you see being on the card? P.S. Watch any good movies lately, Bronx? Until next time, Eric. Fuck you guys. Um, uh, Another match on the card. I mean, I don't know. We, we got Wyatt Ambrose, which I think is going to be great. We'll probably have a Divas, Divas match. Yeah, unfortunately. Hopefully not a five-on-five. Five. I, I, I think Nikki versus AJ has been added for the title. Has it? Yeah. Evening, guys. Have a lot of credit to Raw last night. It left a feeling that WWE hasn't done. 
I it left me with a feeling WWE hasn't done in a long time. It left me curious. My first reaction when Ryback slammed Cena was, "Damn it, WWE! This guy just came back to mad face heat two weeks ago, and now you turn him. Feed me more, more like feed me to Cena." Triple H, if the state of Connecticut has the balls to say Vince's dementia is too bad for him to drive a car and take away his keys, then you need to have the balls to take away the keys to creative meeting room too. Completely agree. Three hours later, yeah, okay, good job, Vince, you got me. But really, can you blame my initial reaction given the E's track record over the past decade? Also, on Rusev, I love seeing the U.S. belt on him. The E has a chance to make this belt actually mean something for the first time since, like, Magnum TA held it like 30 years ago. One thing I would suggest, though, instead of him holding the belt and having Lana present it and proudly carry it, they, meaning Lana and Rusev, need to bury it. Refuse to touch it without gloves on. Kick it in the back to the locker room. Have Lana pinch her nose pretending like it smells awful. That could really help the belt get over, in my opinion. Finally, I'm heading over to my first Ring of Honor show this weekend in San Antonio. Can't wait to see these guys in action, but really, let's be real. Sure, the wrestling is great, but we all know why we really go to ROH shows to throw streamers. Would love to get y'all's thoughts, but want to close with something serious for once. With today being Veterans Day or Remembrance Day around the world, I implore each of you to take a few moments out of your day to thank a veteran. These men and women have made sacrifices that I am too selfish or cowardly to make, and I'm eternally grateful for them. They are the reason we have the right today and every day to live our lives as we see fit. It doesn't matter if it's a friend, a family member, a coworker, hell, even a stranger in the airport wearing his uniform. Walk up, look them in the eye, put out your hand, not to slap it or high-five it or fist bump, but shake it like a man and say thank you for what you have done for me and my family. It will make their day, and God damn it, they deserve it. They deserve a whole shitload more, but your gratitude is a nice start. Until next time, I'm the Lou, and to the bravest, most selfless men and women on the planet, thank you. Nice. My, my sentiments exactly, man. I just... You know, I made my feelings, we don't have time to go over it, but I made my feelings known on on Facebook about veterans and my country and my government. So check it out if you want. But I I agree wholeheartedly, definitely. And as, you know, the grandson of a veteran and you being the son of a veteran, I think that you'll get no argument from us. Yeah, definitely. Happy Veterans Day to the U.S. Happy Remembrance Day to everybody else. I don't know what they celebrate in the U.K., but uh, I think it's Remembrance Day. I know it is here in Canada. So, uh, you know, to the men and women of the military who served this country, fought for us, have died for us, on behalf of myself, I thank you. And uh, I'm remembering my dad today. Yeah, I remember my grandfather. And, you know, in my post on Facebook, I neglected. I made it a USA post. But please, that, that was my error. Last email of the night. Hello, everybody. Hope everyone is, is. This is from Blue Mystery. Hello, everybody. Hope everyone is done or is doing good things. Anyways, I got a couple of rants here to, to talk negative, but sometimes you have to. I really thought Raw put on a good show, but overall, I thought the crowd sucked and they need to go where the crowds are vocal like Chicago. And another thing, I'm not happy about all the WWE 2K15. I understand taking out the story mode, I guess, but why the created arenas? I believe they just wanted this game to look so stunning. They may have taken out the fun of the game, but we shall see. Maybe this career mode will pay off. I already missed THQ. Okay, finally, Brock Lesnar, where the fuck are you? I thought the title had to be defended every 30 days. Hate to say it, but I don't even care if John Cena gets it, because at least we know he'll defend it 
and hopefully he will lose it right away if he does. Okay, enough of the rants. I'm going to hit you with an idea that if John Cena's team wins and the power is taken from the authority, I say bring back Randy Orton and make him the general manager. Never done before, but I know it's far-fetched. But two more guesses. CM Punk, highly unlikely or very possible. Sting. Now, one more idea. Bring back WCW. I see a vision where Punk is standing in a WCW arena, studying it, thinking thinking this is how I can get back Vince, and then Sting and Shane McMahon pop up, and then I wake up. Anyways, until next time, everyone have a great night. JJ and Bronx, please give your feedback. Blue Mystery out. Uh, why would you ever make Randy Orton the fucking general manager? That doesn't make any fucking sense. And why would you bring back WCW at this point? It's a dead product. I don't get either one of those, but okay. Well, if they're going to go with a face GM for a while, I... It's Brian. Daniel Bryan is the logical choice. If you want to go with a face GM, here's a guy that can't wrestle right now. He's recovering from surgery. He was one of their top guys last year, this year. And if you need to do something with him, then that that would be the way to do it. I can't see anybody else taking that spot. Yeah. I mean, I... I know some people say, oh, bring Foley back. Ah, that's been done. I mean, that'll that'll just be. Uh, yeah, Brian could work. I mean, I can't think of any. I can't think of anyone else right now who you could, you know, give that role to. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for the show. We're going to put it to bed. Thanks for all the emails tonight, guys. We're running a little bit over tonight, but that's fine. It's still less than three hours, so I'm, I'm content. And as soon as I'm done, I'm going to bed. So it's all good. No, we got a little, we did a little better. I mean, we knew our first try at two hours would probably be an epic fail, but hopefully we'll get the timing down. (laughs) Yeah, we ran over a little bit. That's fine. So that being said, let's go ahead and pop that, you know, lovely tune that you hate to hear. Breaks your heart every week. Uh, Now it'll be two weeks. Make sure you're checking out the shows here on the SNS radio network. Shows like. Obviously, get in the zone with Bronxzilla and Afart. Talking Impact Smackdown and all the other craziness these guys talk about. Shows like Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman for your nostalgia podcast. You miss WCW, ECW, AWA? He talks about it. Check it out. Shows like Sticks and Flicks with Ashley, where he talks about... Whatever the fuck he wants to talk about. Politics, Xbox 360s, sports, religion, you name it, he talks about it. Movies, the whole indie show with Sandro and Ashley. For all your indie needs, if you don't follow independent wrestling, they'll get you, they'll get you updated very quickly. Shows like the Elite Force Podcast, which is your sci-fi hookup on the network with Walkie and Mindwipe, and even Chuck W. from time to time. Sunday Night Showdown, every pay-per-view Sunday, at least for the WWE, right here on the network. And, of course, Unplugged every week right here on the SNS Radio Network live or via the archive. And if you guys can, and if you want to help with the cost of the network, feel free to make a donation on the main page. We do have server costs, Skype fees, everything else we pay for out of our own pocket. If you guys feel the need to donate, we do appreciate it. For those of you that have, thank you. For those of you that will in the future, we appreciate it. 
Uh, like I said earlier, we're going to be taking a week off, so there will be no Unplugged next week, but we will return the following week. What's the date on that, Bronx? Oh, Lord, I don't know. I don't have, what's today's date? I don't even know. Today's the 11th. So that'll be the 25th. We'll be back. Ah, the day before my birthday. Awesome. I'm going to fuck with you. I figured as much. <laughs> and on a related note, I want to thank Mike Casalina. He sent me a package that I'm to open uh, for my birthday. So listener Mike Casalina, I want to send a shout out to you. I do appreciate that. And uh, I will probably open it live on the air when we come back in two weeks. So there you go. That being said, we are going to end it tonight. We do have a special song of the night. Um, and I'll let you set this up, Bronx. Yeah, big, big bad Hank from the song, you know, Rapper's Delight. He passed away today and he was a pioneer in rap. So I thought this would be an appropriate way. Ship. So with that being said, happy trails, my friends. We'll see you in two weeks. On behalf of the Bronxilla, I'm Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Happy trails, my friends. Happy trails. Yeah.
Well, it's on and on and on and on and on. The beat don't stop until the breaker don't. I said a M A S a T E R a G with a double E. I said I go by the unforgettable name of the man they call a Master G. Well, my name is known all over the world by all the foxy ladies and the pretty girls. I'm going down in history as the baddest rapper that ever could be. Now I'm feeling the highs and you're feeling the lows. The beat starts kicking into your toes. You start popping your fingers and stopping your feet and moving your body while you're sitting and you're sitting. Then damn, they start doing the freak. I said bam, a rider out of your seat. Then you throw your hands high in the air. You're rocking to the rhythm, shake it there. You rockin' to the beat without a care Cruise the short shot MCs for the affair Now I'm not as tall as the rest of the gang But I rap to the beat just the same I got a little face and a pair of rhyme eyes All I'm here to do, ladies, is hypnotize Singin' on and on and on and on and on The beat don't stop until the break of dawn I singin' on and on and on and on and on Like a hot butter to pop, to pop, to pop Give it, give it, pop, to pop, pop You don't dare stop or come alive, y'all Give me what you got I guess by now you can take a hunch And find that I am the baby of the bunch, but that's okay, I still keep in stride, cause all I'm here to do is just a wiggle your behind, sing it on and, and on and on and on, the beat don't stop until the break of dawn, sing it on and, and on and on and on and on, rock rock y'all, throw it on the floor, I'm gonna freak your head, I'm gonna freak your day, I'm gonna move you out of this atmosphere, cause I'm one of a kind and I'll shock your mind, I put the jig jig jiggles in your behind, I say the one, two, three, four, come on girls, I get it on the floor, I come alive y'all, give me what you got, cause I'm guaranteed to